Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Are you tired of endlessly searching for work, applying for jobs, and never hearing back? Job openings vanishing into thin air? What if with just one connection, you could link with dozens of companies that are hiring? What if that connection was a locally owned business ready to help without charging a fee express employment professionals is your one connection go to expresspros.com with endless opportunities it's time to try something new in your job search let express employment professionals help you start at expresspros.com hey it's doug gottlieb you know our trusted partner tyrac.com for fast free shipping free roadhouse protection convenient installation options and their great selection of the best tires like the highly consumer rated Yokohama Avid Ascend LX. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Everything you need to elevate your drive, simply go to TireRack.com slash sports. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 Boom! What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show. Fox Sports Radio. Fired up. Happy. Just in a great mental place. Why is that? Well, I told you we felt off on Tuesday and Wednesday. We didn't have football. And we're like, uh, Thursday football. Hey, how good was that last night, right? Hey, how good was that? That was amazing. It was amazing. Uh, it's it's one of those, um, I have not been on the dating scene in, oh, 19 years? 19 years? But it's like any of my friends that have, you know, they, they broke up with their significant other. You tell them, like, yeah, just go. You never you never know. You may get caught in a conversation in a, on a blind date or, you know, you swipe right, they swipe right, you go and you have a cup of coffee, you're like, wow, you know, you may, there may be a connection. Uh, wh- whatever your expectations were last night, they, they had to be um, exceeded, right? John Ramos is, I've never heard of anybody being a, like, I'm a hardcore, he's a uncomfortably hardcore Rams fan. Matter of fact, he came in today dressed head to toe in that, Horrendous uh, monochrome. Uh, what is that? What was the color? Mustard. Uh, yeah. Mustard yellow. Well, that was. That's a. Yeah, that was. Well, that's like American mustard, right? Okay. Real <laughs> mustard is like more of a mustard. Okay. That's like um, uh, what's the kind of mustard? That's like a French uh, 
uh, French's mustard? French's, yeah. French's mustard yellow. Uh, but what is that with color rush? He, he looks like he's a personal color rush today. But outside of that, I, but look, he's a hardcore Rams fan. Ramos, you, every expectation for not just McVay or Goff, but the game had to be exceeded last night, right? Most definitely. Very it was exciting, awesome. A very exciting game. It was a, an incredibly exciting game. All right, there's a couple of different things that we have to get to, which are very important to point, point out. First of all, uh, <clears throat> having your expectations ex- exceeded only tell you uh, what it, it's about this in life. It's about this with cars. It's, it's like, I don't know if you know this, like J.D. Power, they always put out the initial – uh, initial quality survey when you buy a new car. And if you notice on initial quality surveys, uh, with the exception of Lexus, most high-end cars do not grade out all that well. Do you know why that is? That's because people who think, like, I buy a $90,000 BMW, they expect utter and sheer perfection, right? Whereas if you buy, buy a Daewoo, you're like, ah, it's a Daewoo. I, I thought, I'm just glad the wheels haven't fallen off when I went around the corner. <coughs> they still make daywoos? When I played overseas in Israel, I had a daywoo. I, I literally, I opened up the, tr- the hood one day and there were mice in there p- p- pedaling away. But it's a lot of it's about your, expe- your level of expectation. And because the Niners and the Rams collectively stank last year, because it was Thursday night and at kickoff, there was like, 15 people there. It's friends and family only. Hey, let's have a 5.30 start time. Some of the worst traffic in in America. Like an hour without traffic from San Francisco. See how that works out. Whatever your level of expectations, they were exceeded last night. And some of this tells us about expectations. Mayweather McGregor. Mayweather McGregor was not a great fight. But you were entertained more so than you thought you could possibly be entertained. Why? Because you thought you had a non-boxer against what some people call the best pound-for-pound fighter in the world. Your expectations were exceeded. You're like, 100 bucks. here you go. Here you go. Second thing, and this is really important. What works in math does not work in sports. And it's hard. They're teaching all kinds of, my kids do Singapore math. I have no idea what Singapore math is other than it looks like it's written in a different language. And then my son, we moving from west to east or east to west or whatever, they have some sort of math, which maybe is Singapore math as well, but they do like everything in tens and ten facts and things. I don't even know. Like, I, I, I thank goodness for Siri because I'm constantly, Dad, how do you do this? Let me ask Siri. I have a college degree. I was good in math. I swear to you, I was good in math. Um, but but w- there, there is a, a math or actually an algebra equation which people use in life, and it doesn't work in sports. Do you know what that equation is? No, it's not E equals MC squared. It's not the Pythagorean theorem. It's not. It's the transitive property. Ramos, are you familiar with the transitive property? I probably am, but I wasn't very good at math, so I'm going to pass on okay, that Okay, transitive property is if A equals B, B equals C, A must equal C. You can also do if A plus B equals C, B plus uh, A, A plus, wait, if A plus B equals C, then 
B plus C must equal A. It's all, it's all the same thing, right? It's a transitive property. And here's what happens. People do this. They did this with Texas USC. They, they do it with last night. Wait, that's the defense, 49ers, that the Seattle Seahawks could only score 12 points against? I just saw this very same San Francisco 49er defense on the road on Sunday give up only 12. should have been 13. Seattle missed an extra point uh, when they scored that touchdown. They only gave up. They only scored 12 points against that defense. They gave up 41 points to Jared freaking Goff. Because if, again, transitive property, if the Seahawks can only score 12, maybe 13 against the Niners, and the Rams can score 41 against the Niners, well, if you use the transitive property, then the Rams have to be much better than the Seahawks, right? But that's not actually the way it works. Every game demands context. Some of it is about the number of possessions. The Rams' defense was equally shoddy even though the Rams' defense has been good at times. But you you can't, you simply cannot. Texas was awesome against USC stopping the run. They forced USC to throw the ball on third and long. They took away USC's uh, DeAndre Burnett in many big occasions and made others catch the ball. And uh, USC had eight dropped balls. But more than anything, Texas' defense looked physical, dominated the point of attack, and they held USC under 20 points. Right? USC couldn't even, on their, they won on a field goal in double overtime, and the only reason they won on a field goal was because Texas fumbled on their own offensive possession. Their defense continually got stops. And this is a defense that, of course, surrendered 51 points to Maryland. And so, using the transitive property, well, if Maryland can beat Texas at Texas, and USC has to go double overtime at home to beat Texas. Well, then hell, Maryland is better than USC. That's the transitive property. Doesn't work that way. Doesn't work that way. Now, we always use it in sports. We use it as fans. But but the math does not equate. Never equated. Never, ever. It's not just home road. Sometimes it's when the game is played, where the game is played, or in this case, the proximity of a Thursday night game to a Sunday game in terms of level preference. Here's the last thing. Those are the two youngest coaches in the NFL, correct? And that game was fun. And I don't know how good they are, um, but both are young offensive minds. Both came from being offensive coordinators, one in Washington last year, one in Atlanta last year. And that game to me felt like a Big 12 football game. Now, I'll admit it, I'm a Big 12 homer. But I'm also a Big 12 realist. I understand that up the middle on defensive lines, Texas and Oklahoma are the only ones with formidable defensive lines to which if you play smash-mouth football over 12 or 13 games, uh, can compete with the likes of an Alabama. That said, I don't think the Big 12 is the best conference in the country. It's been the most watchable very good conference in the country. Of the elite conferences, it's the one that has the best quarterback play, the best wide receiver play, and more than anything, the most spread offenses. So that they chuck it and games are in the 60s and 70s. I can separate the idea that entertaining does not always mean good. Last night was super entertaining. I don't know if either of those teams are worth a damn. 
I mean, I think Mike March, who said Jared Goff is 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 surrounded by a buddy, I think he looks foolish today. I think Sean McVay, being such a young head coach, uh, it looks like a genius hire today. Uh, I think the Niners feel like they have the spirit. They, they're going to – you feel like the turnaround is not that far away. And, look, maybe we're overvaluing a Thursday night game that overexceeded our expectations, and that's why we're taking it to mean more than it really means. But the point is this. Uh, sure, the Carolina Panthers scored, what, nine points when they beat the Buffalo Bills this past week. The Panthers are better than both of those teams that played. They just beat the Niners in San Francisco badly, and they beat the Rams if they played them. That doesn't make them more entertaining. And sports is about it. I was thoroughly and completely entertained. Now, you have to separate entertainment from good, but you also have to understand that young coaches, one, because it's their first year, but two, maybe it's breathing new life into the NFL, taking more chances, throwing the ball deeper downfield, spreading the game out, and playing more offensive-minded football is a wave of football that we need to see in order to get us to like watching the NFL again. Transit probably never will. Bucky Brooks joins the show upcoming next. I'll get his thoughts. How replicable is uh, Jared Goff's performance last night? And, of course, we'll preview some of the huge games this weekend of the National Football League. That's upcoming next. But first, are you hiring? Do you know where to post your job to find the best candidates? This is really important to so many people who are not just managers but also owners of companies. You own your own company or you're in the process of hiring, maybe you're in HR, and you you struggle with not finding resumes, finding resumes that fit the jobs that are available. That's why you need to use ZipRecruiter. I have several friends that are hiring right now, and they're using it. You post your job to 100-plus job sites with just one click. 80% of employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within one day. There's no juggling emails or calls to your office. Simply screen, rate, manage candidates, all in one place with ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use dashboard. Find out why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. And right now, my listeners can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Doug. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Doug. One more time uh, for free. Okay, it's all free. ZipRecruiter.com slash Doug. With True Car, you can find out what other people in your area pay for the same car you're looking for and on average save over $3,000 off MSRP. Whether you're looking for a new or used car, visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Thoroughly and completely entertained. This is like the, uh, uh, I feel like a little bit like Dumb and Dumber, right? Just when I think you couldn't do anything worse. And then you completely redeem yourself. That's what it was. That's exactly what happened last night. Like, oh, Niners Rams 530 on a Thursday in Santa Clara. Like, what a terrible idea. Let's put that on a standalone game on Thursday night. Yeah. Oh, it was awesome. Now, don't confuse good with entertaining. Like, don't start going like, oh, Rams go to the Super Bowl. Like, it, but it was entertaining. And at the core, like, it's one of the things we've talked about with the NFL. Take some shots downfield. By the way, the Rams lead the NFL. Granted, they've played more games than anybody, but lead the NFL 
in uh, completions of uh, 20 yards or more. Chunk plays. But, I mean, look, a blind man can see the improvement in Jared Goff. Right? Blind man can see it. It is truly remarkable. It's fantastic to see. And just how much better. Now, part of it is also that they went out and got better players around him. Part of it is he's a year older. He's seen some of live bullets. Part of it is that's a Niners defense, which is depleted because of fatigue of playing, getting beaten up by the Seattle Seahawks. Um, hey, who picked the Rams last night? Who picked the Niners last night? Let's uh, uh, Music, you picked the Rams last night. And I know that... Um, Ramos, you picked the Rams right. last night because you always pick the Rams. I, uh, <laughs> Actually, correct. the Rams the, the Rams played the eighty five Bears. <laughs> I picked the Rams. Took, I took, picked yep. the Rams. Actually, I the sure eighty five Bears. The Rams were pretty good back in eighty five. Buyer picked the Niners. Buyer's the only guy who picked the Niners, correct? Yes, yeah. but I wanted the points with them. I I did perfectly so say that you pushed. Well, no, there was three, and they won by they lost by two. So the Niners. Oh, it was forty one thirty nine. That's right. Yeah. Sorry, I, for whatever reason, I thought it was thirty eight. I'm actually watching the game right now here in the fourth quarter. Uh, Kyle Shanahan kind of butchered the timeouts there right at the end of the game. I mean, he, look, he did look. He, he, I don't understand why it's so hard for these guys. I don't. Like, offensive coordinators are, and head coaches are generally really smart people. It takes a lot. You got a lot of stuff going on. I get you got a headset on. But, like, time score, kind of think that that's one of the easier parts in terms of knowing when to call a timeout. Uh, that was a fun game, by the way. Great. And then now I'm like, oh, okay, NFL's fun again. Can't wait. Did help. I had Jared Goff as my fantasy quarterback in one of my leagues. Uh, took a chance on that one. People are like, oh, I mean, I can't tell you the number of texts I got from my buddies in that fantasy league. They're like, what are you doing with Jared Goff? Like, I don't know. I kind of think they're going to throw it a bunch, right? Um, and I like I liked the color rush uniforms on the Rams uniforms. I don't like them on the Niners. Here's here's the thing. This is my this is my why Oregon football can get away with it. Why USC football doesn't need to get away with it. Like USC's USC's uniforms have roughly been the same for what seems like a hundred years, but they're but when you see the Trojan on the side of the helmet, you know, all right, it's USC. No one had ever paid any attention to Oregon previous to when they got good and they had all of their all their different uniforms. I know that they had Achilles Smith. I know that they had, you know, other other talented quarterbacks and skill position players at times, but it's not an iconic. If you have an iconic uniform, you don't change them. If you don't have an iconic uniform, you can do the color rush thing. And I kind of think the Niners are one of those iconic brands. All right, I was entertained last night. I almost wish Sean McVay would go into the center field. Are you not entertained? Bucky Brooks had to be entertained. Uh, he has an outstanding podcast with Daniel Jeremiah. Uh, which I encourage people to download, listen to, and learn about football. He joins us here on the Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Thoroughly and completely entertaining, but, I mean, I think the biggest reason why had to be, Bucky, that it exceeded all of our expectations. All of us, including, I know you guys work in the NFL Network, we all kind of dread the product of Thursday Night Football, but that was a fun product to watch. Oh, it was absolutely a fun product to watch. And I think the big thing that came out of that game it is exciting to to see two great play callers conduct a chess match for all of us to watch. When you looked at the play callers of that game, Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay, you saw what offensive wizardry can be in the National Football League. Sean McVay, 
helping Jerry Goff find his rhythm, taking advantage of all the weapons on the outside, getting Ty Gurley off. And then with Kyle Shanahan with the San Francisco 49ers, even though they don't necessarily have A-level talent on the perimeter, he found a way to help Brian Hoyer find a rhythm. They score points. And I think if you're fans of those two teams, I think you're encouraged that your team is in good hands because the play callers are the right guys. Yeah, and and I think youth has a little bit something to do with it, right? Like, like, look, these are two guys that grew up in the Madden generation, right? Where, you know, you'd, you'd go for it on fourth down. You throw the ball more. Like, it, it felt like two guys who grew up playing Madden were now controlling football teams, and that's how they called the game. Uh, it's funny that you make that analogy because I didn't necessarily think about that. But, yeah, it's like two guys that are playing on the stick on your couch in your college dorm room, and you're kind of going at it. And I felt like it was a, uh, I can do this better back and forth, trying to one-up the other guy. And what I liked about it, I felt like guys kept some plays in their pocket. They saved them for the fourth quarter. They saved them for critical situations. And they continued to find a way to add spice to their offense to create big play opportunities for their quarterback. If we talk about it being a quarterback-driven league, yep. I think we're seeing that all play calls aren't created equal and that if you're going to invest in a quarterback, you better make sure you invest in a play caller as well. Okay, so here's the question that I think we all want to know. Is Jared Goff good now? I mean, I, I was a Jerry Goff fan when he came out. I believe he's finally around an offensive mind that understands how to maximize his talent. When I saw Jerry Goff at Cal, I kind of likened him to Matt Ryan, meaning that he's a really good player, but you put him around great talent, he could take it to the next level. And I think what we've seen, they went out and got a bunch of weapons to help him. Robert Woods, Andy Watkins, drafted two tight ends. I mean, drafted Joe Everett, got Cooper Cup, you have Ty Gurley playing. But now you have a puppeteer who understands how to orchestrate the manu- the movement on the board, he is absolutely a good player, but he benefits from having the right things around him. That's why he's playing better. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot like, I mean, this is to a, a different extent, but like Steve Nash. Like Steve Nash, uh, remember, was drafted by the Suns, and then, mm-hmm. he, and then he went and played for Don Nelson, who opened up the floor for him. That changed him. And then what took him to an even higher level is he played for Mike D'Antoni. And, you know, together, then he became a two-time MVP. That doesn't mean that's what Jared Goff will be. The point is that it's not just about talent. It's about surrounding him with other guys that can make plays and then the right play caller to understand his skill set within the, within the framework of what they want to do. And I, I think it is, it is a tremendous match. All right, so um, I guess then that leads us to Kyle Shanahan, who did a great job last year, kind of same perfect fit for Matt Ryan. There are many who have said, like, Hoyer, are you kidding me? What's your assessment of, and look, it's a, a total rebuild in San Francisco. What's your assessment of Kyle Shanahan now that you've seen him a couple games? Oh, I mean, I think he has them on the right path. I think when you look at the San Francisco 49ers based on what they have looked like before, I think Shanahan is doing a good job. He obviously went out and got Pierre Garçon, got Marquis Goodman to give them some weapons on the outside. Because really, when you look at the last year or so, they didn't have legitimate weapons that threatened opponents. But now they have that in place. I think the bigger thing, and I know their defense gave up a lot of points, but when I look at their defense and I go down their roster, I see three first-rounders on their defensive line. I see young athletic players on the second level, and I see a secondary that is getting better. They are trending in the right direction, and John Lynch has done a really, really good job for a first-time GM who doesn't come from a personnel background. He's surrounded himself with good football people, and I think the entire organization is heading in the right direction. San Francisco 49ers are going to be a team that we have to talk about down the road. Okay, people people use the transitive property in sports all the time, and it just doesn't work, right? And they uh, A equals B, B equals C, A must equal C. So if the Niners can hold the Seahawks to, to 12 points, should have been 13 to make the extra point, but they can hold them to one touchdown, well, then, you know, the Rams are, Rams are clearly better. Rams' offense is better. I know the Seahawks 
have issues with that offensive line. But you and D, you and DJ, you guys watch a ton of tape. How fixable are these issues? Because we've seen slow starts from Seattle. Uh, since they won the Super Bowl, every year they've been off to slow starts. Is this an atypical? Is this a typical uh, slow start, or is it something different this year in terms of their issues on offense? Uh, I mean, it's a typical slow start that they normally have, and a lot of the reason they have those slow starts is due to their offensive line and the struggles that they have in terms of trying to find the best five to put on the field. The big thing with the Seattle Seahawks is they have to really find what their identity is on offense. And I know that when you pay the quarterback, you want to make it about the quarterback, but when the Seattle Seahawks are truly title contenders, it's because they're playing complimentary football with the defense carrying the water, the offense making a handful of plays throughout the game, and then being able to run the clock out at the end of the game. They need to discover their running game because when they discover the running game, the rest of the dominoes will kind of fall into place. Somebody has to emerge as a lead runner. Chris Carson may be that guy. And then that offensive line has to be very, very comfortable pushing people off the line. If they do that, then we'll see Seattle continue to do what they've always done, which would be one of the last teams standing at the end of the year. It's funny because Chris Carson, you know, he's seen as kind of an underachiever at Oklahoma State. And then, you know, they had a freshman who uh, supplanted him last year. But no one has ever questioned the talent, and he's – Exceeded all expectations in Seattle. We'll see if he becomes the guy. All right, there's a, some other games I want to get to. Uh, let's go to the Steelers because th- they're one of those teams that they're 2-0. and um, And, you know, they beat the Vikings last week at home, but the Vikings you know, playing with one arm tied behind their back with Case Keenum. And they beat the Browns on the road the week before. I, I, think, I-, I think we all saw that the skill position guys they had, saw Ben Roethlisberger, Le'Veon Bell back, and we're like, all right, they're going to put up 40 a night. I don't know whether it's our unrealistic expectations or something's missing. When you watch the Steelers, what do you see? Uh, they just haven't found their rhythm yet. Uh, when your running back misses all the training camp, doesn't play in the preseason, it takes a while for him to kind of get back. I've heard from coaches that it takes typically a guy to hold up, maybe three or four games to kind of settle in to his groove. For Le'Veon Bell, he is the centerpiece of that offense. And so when they're not able to run the ball or use him kind of as that hybrid running back that he is, the rest of the offense kind of stalls and sputters at times. So the Steelers will become that juggernaut that we expect when he finds his game. And hopefully he'll find his game in the next week or two, and we will see that video game-like offense light up the scoreboard and put up 40 points because they're going to need it because that division is increasingly tougher with the Baltimore Ravens playing great defense. The Steelers are going to have to find a way to score points to win that division. Tampa Buccaneers are a team that I fell in love with. I'll be honest, I fall in love with every team on hard knocks. I just do. I just every, every exception of the Rams last year. With Rams last year, that was one that was like, all right, I'm not in love with this team. But all the other ones, I'm like, I was ready to, I was ready to enlist in Bill O'Brien's army uh, when he was coach. Uh, you go through all of them, and I uh, may, maybe the maybe the Cincinnati Bengals once one year when they had James Harrison, that was just an odd fit. I didn't love that one. But uh, anyway, um, I, I mean, look, Jameis appears to have taken another step. You know, now you have Deshaun Jackson over on the on the other side, and. They seem to have some talent and playmakers on defense. Uh, Sam Bradford's not going to play, so but they're still going against a very talented Minnesota defense. Give me your sense of Tampa Bay and if I'm overvaluing their one win on the season because I saw them in hard knocks, and that, that, helps, that makes me fall in love with the team every year. Well, I think they're easy to fall in love with. I do believe you can fall in love with the people that we saw on hard knocks. We saw the charismatic leadership that Jameis Winston displayed. We also saw the special qualities of some of those guys that you mentioned. Deshaun Jackson being able to take the top off the defense, Mike Evans being the number one receiver, and then flipping to the other side of the ball, how dominant and dynamic Gerald McCoy can be. This is a legitimate team. They started to play really good defense the last half of the season last year. And then on offense, they added the weapons. 
Deshaun Jackson, if he can give them that big play element that they're seeking, I believe this offense is going to be one that is really formidable, and then they have the defense to back it. I think they're a team that we can probably pencil in to be in a playoff team because they appear to have all the right ingredients. What would you do if you're the New Orleans and the Saints? I, mean, I just, you know, like the pieces, they got a, they got a bunch of running backs, a, a team that doesn't really like to run the football. Uh, obviously, the defense has not been fixed, and you just sang the praises of the Buccaneers. Panthers, they might not be a great 2-0 team, but they're a pretty damn good team. And then, of course, we haven't even gotten to Atlanta Falcons, who look like they're, they're poised to make another run. When you know Now, without Vic Beasley for a while, that'll hurt them. But, I mean, like the least talented team in a talented division and some mismatched parts, they already seem like they started selling off the pieces this week. What are your thoughts on what New Orleans does? You know, it's tough because when I look at their personnel, I don't know where they go. You have an older quarterback who continues to put up numbers and play at a high level. But the older the quarterback, the more important the supporting cast. And he doesn't have the supporting cast to allow him to be kind of like a transcendent star at this level that can carry that team. And so then you go to the defense, and they said they've been trying to fix the defense for the last three, four, five years, and they haven't been able to get it done. I don't know where they go. I think they're the sellers well in that division because I think the three teams, uh, the Carolina Panthers, the Atlanta Falcons, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, are much better than the Saints. So I can't see the Saints finishing anywhere outside of fourth in the NFC South. Mm. Bucky Brooks. Uh, last thing, Giants-Eagles. Uh, I mean, look. Giants have not been able to protect, but it's not like the Eagles' offensive line's been ever uh, been able to protect Carson Wentz. This is like movable object against resistible force. Who do you like in Philadelphia? You know, I am still holding to the notion that the New York Giants are going to eventually fix their woes. Their issues stem not only from the offensive line, because I think that's been a little overblown. Eli Manning is holding onto the ball too long. And uh, as we do it in basketball terms, the ball is sticking with him. Yep. He needs to get to the top of his drop. He needs to let it go. Part of the reason he can't let the ball go, the receivers are not uncovering. They're not getting open. Brandon Marshall, Sterling Shepard, and Odell Beckham Jr. was hurt. As they begin to get open, they will need some help to get open because Ben McAdoo has to be a little more creative. They can't be as static as they have been. I'm hoping that this week he finds a way to be a little more creative, some motion, some bunch, some stack formation. If he can get some room for his wide receivers, I think we'll see the Giants kind of begin to play like the Giants that we anticipated coming into the season. All right, Bucky Brooks, check it. Download their podcast. Watch him on the NFL Network. Check him out with Dan and Jeremiah. It's great stuff. Uh, Bucky, thanks so much for joining us and giving us your perspective on the National Football League. Hey, thanks so much for having me on that. All right, that, uh, that NFL discussion brought to you by True Car. You can find out what other people in your area pay for the same car you're looking for, new or used. Visit True Car to enjoy more confident car buying experience. Let's work in Dan Beyer here. Dan, uh, what else is going on? A lot of news in the NFL, Doug. It's not great news to be a tight end, especially if you're one of the best. That's because Jordan Reed is a game-time decision for their matchup against the Raiders coming up on Sunday night. Reed hampered with a bunch of injuries, has a shoulder issue, also a broken toe, and a chest contusion as well that has kept him limited in practice. Seahawks center Jimmy Graham is a game-time decision for Sunday's matchup at Tennessee with a sprained ankle. And what do you know? One of the more healthier tight ends is Rob Gronkowski. ESPN says he will play against the Texans coming up on Sunday despite a groin injury. For the second straight week, the Vikings will be without quarterback Sam Bradford. He's going to miss the game against the Buccaneers on Sunday because of his knee injury. The Giants have the Eagles coming up on Sunday, and the Giants have ruled out corner Janoris Jenkins for that Eagles game because of an ankle injury. The Rutgers football program was placed on two years probation for failure to monitor its football program. Former coach Kyle Flood was given a one-year 
show cause penalty. In golf, it's the players' champion. They were cheating me. for bad players. <laughs> How right. can you cheat for players that suck? Kyle Flood, listen, you got to show cause, not because you were cheating, because when you're cheating, you didn't win game. At least, when, like, look, when Ole Miss is cheating their brains out, right? They beat the hell out of Oklahoma State in the Sugar Bowl because they had pro after pro after pro after pro. If you're going to do it, do it like they do in the SEC. Sorry, go ahead. That's all right. They fixed grades. There were some drug issues and even lied to some NCAA investigators. That'll never get you anywhere. Uh, and oh, Rutgers hasn't gone oh, anywhere Rutger, for a oh, while. Oh, Rutgers, how you complete me. Uh, but remember they had that athletic director. She was a mess. Uh, they've cleaned house. I, I, I'm telling you, like Rutgers athletic programs, I think will actually be very good in like three years. But boy, have they, they've gone through like five or six different incarnations. Of, remember they had the, who was the college basketball coach who made dudes play? They were like playing strip free throws. Did you guys know that story? No, I remember he chucked basketball. No, that was a different one. Oh. They had a, di- a different, co- all right, go, go uh, ahead. I'll, I'll get you, I'll get you that story. Okay, keep all going. right. Tour championship going on. Top 30 players in the FedEx Cup playoffs playing right now. Paul Casey and Webb Simpson have the lead. Jordan Spieth is three shots back at minus four as the leaders stand at seven under par. And it's media day around the NBA. A lot of teams having their media availabilities, including the Oklahoma City Thunder. Regard Russell Westbrook, we find out, going to miss the first couple of days of training camp after he received PRP treatments on his right knee. Nothing serious, though. Russ just getting a break early on for a long NBA season. Yeah, but why was he, he plays in, like, the Drew, he plays in some of these, like, uh, he played in that, like, pickup game with Carmelo and those guys. He's, like, dunking and going hard. Like, dude, if you got a bad knee, just shoot threes like the rest of us old folks. <laughs> yeah. Kevin Bannon was the coach at the time at Rutgers uh, in 1997. He would play. The players are running drills in the nude at a practice. Uh, that's because apparently, like, uh, Ben had a reputation as a screamer. Um, plus, they had the nude drill where they would miss shots, miss free throw, have to take off a piece of clothing. Like that is the what in the hell? Like, look, I've done a lot of things. Like in basketball practice, the uh, Mike Rice throwing basketballs. Like, yeah, I'm throwing basketballs is not the and being kicked is not the not the greatest thing in the world. The, the, the strip free throw? Like, what? We actually did that on uh, the show once with John Ramos. He purposely missed every time. That was <laughs> fire. <laughs> All right, let me just, uh, uh, what was the, did you see the report? I, I just, I was so gross, I couldn't. Ramos. <laughs> uh, didn't make you, mean to make you throw up in your mouth. No, uh, a little bit, a little bit there. Um, okay, uh, did you see this story about, about uh, one writer saying, uh, I think it was Don Banks, longtime NFL reporter Don Banks, saying um, that uh, there's at least been discussion. Discussion. There are people in the league, including the commissioner, they don't want to see San Diego forsaken. They would rather there be a team in San Diego. If there's a viable, uh, it's viable, they could put a team back in San Diego. I think the camp would strongly consider it. Uh, there is there is talk, again, in this, it, it, at least, partially to move the Chargers back to San Diego. Like, look, I talked to people in the Chargers today, and they're like, 0.0% chance we move back to San Diego. It ain't happening. San Diego is like John Cusack and say anything with the, with the, with the boombox outside, right? Again, that, that's a dated reference. Say anything is an awesome movie. You should, you should watch it this weekend. Like our young intern, she has no idea. But do you, have you seen Say, say Anything? Say Anything is a great movie. Like you should. Th- it's been a while. No, this is like like they they do stupid things with our kids. Like my daughter was like, "Why am I reading Tom Sawyer?" It's like, eh, I don't know. But you should watch Pretty in Pink, Sixteen Candles, Say Anything, Weird Science, 
Breakfast Club. Um, really, all the John Hughes movies and say anything type of movies, right? Uh, Goonies, you also should show your kids. Goonies is a Goonies is a must. They're not going back. All this, this is very simple. This is what happens. And, and I have friends that are doing this. Like you buy a house and you can't move in that, or you're going to build a house, so you go and you're renting. And you rent for, they're going to rent for three years. Renting sucks, right? Usually you rent a house that's smaller than the one that you really want to be in. Why? Because you're paying two mortgages. You're paying the mortgage in the house that you're building or you're redoing. You're paying your construction loan. Plus you got to pay, pay, pay your rent. That's what they're doing, playing in a smaller stadium that's not really an NFL stadium, not really in the city they want to be in. Like The San Diego thing's not happening. They're not going back. The small crowds are problematic. You know what's more problematic? That they lost a game to the Dolphins they should have won. That they had a chance to tie, a, a tie and send to overtime in Denver, and they got a field goal blocked. They got a rookie kicker who's... What one of one for four on the year? Like they got to figure that's the they got to win game, win games, and the rest will be fine. And in three years, they'll move into their plush new beautiful stadium that'll be the nicest stadium in the league, and everybody will completely forget about year one and how they couldn't get thirty thousand people into StubHub. After last night's games, are the Rams good enough to take down one of the top teams in the NFL? I'll tell you next. With True Car, you can find out what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for, new or used. Visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Doug Gottlieb Show. <clears throat> Fox Sports Radio. Still kind of buzzing from last night, I'm not going to lie to you. I... I I'm just going to confide in you guys something that I, I, I'm, I'm okay admitting. Like, when I watch a sporting event that's really, really good and I'm having fun watching it, I, I, it just it lasts me another day or two. I don't know if you guys are like that. Like, it's one of the great things about, like, Saturday night when there's a great Saturday night football game, like, into Sunday, and then I get Sunday, like, oh. I, I'm still kind of buzzing from last night's football game. With that, let's play a game. Game time! This is game time. Game star. On the Doug Gottlieb Show. Uh, Dan Byer, what do you got? Today, Doug, we have... Psychic? Ah, a Friday staple as we try to look ahead. Of course, tomorrow is Saturday, Doug. And four of the top five teams in college football are on the road. Number one, Alabama's at Vandy, while number two, Clemson's home to Boston College. Third-ranked Oklahoma's at Baylor, number four Penn State at Iowa, and fifth-ranked USC is at Cal. So, Psychic, yes, psychic. what game is the closest in the top five tomorrow in college football? This is super easy. Oh, really? Okay. Super, 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 super easy. Uh, Baylor has no chance. None. Zero, zilp, zilp, zilp nada. Uh, Vanderbilt coming off a huge win over Kansas State, although a, a botched call helped Vanderbilt win that game. Um I don't think they really have a chance. I think it's marginally competitive. Who were the other ones you were talking about? Number five, USC is at Cal. Fourth-ranked Penn State is at Iowa. Listen, Cal's very well coached. Justin Wilcox is their head coach. You know, he was at USC. He's also at uh, Washington. He's Steve Steve Sarkeesian's guy. I think that game could be. But the one that I expect to be really close is Iowa uh, hosting Penn State. Penn State might have the best player in the country. I mean, their running back is 
Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley is obscenely good. But it's a road game in the Big Ten against a really well-coached team. Iowa's not great, but Iowa can shorten the game. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think Iowa City is where the closest game will be. Let's move to the NFL, where Vikings head coach Mike Zimmer said earlier this week that quarterback Sam Bradford is fine, even if he doesn't play in the next six weeks. Well, psychic, since Sam Bradford's going to miss his second straight game with a knee issue, will the Vikings be fine? I love that you say that he said fine. That's like when your wife says fine, right? Last thing you want to hear your wife say is fine. How you doing? How's your day? Fine. How's your dinner? Fine. <laughs> Sam Bradford's like, fine is not a good word. Don't say fine to me. Fine by me. Fine by me. Um, <laughs> yeah, fine is not good. It's just not. When a quarterback's had two torn ACLs, and he's like, mm, nope, can't do it. Second week in a row. And, uh, yeah, he's not fine. I think we got a major we got a major issue on our hands, and we got to see if, if at some point, like, do they wait on Teddy Bridgewater, who's coming back from a catastrophic knee injury, who's not, he's not even on the physically able to perform list? Like, that's a... Uh, they get the Bucks at home, then they get the Lions at home, they go to the Bears, Packers at home, Ravens. I mean, we're talking about not seeing him till the Browns game. That's not fine. Anything but fine. Rams running back Todd Gurley joked with Michael Irvin on the NFL Network after last night's win, saying they had to get rest and then get ready to whoop up on the Dallas Cowboys in week four. So psychic, are the Rams good enough to whoop up on Dallas, or is Gurley just guilty of riding a high after a big night? Well, uh, I, well, look. No athlete ever thinks that they're. Uh, no athlete ever thinks that they're not going to win the game. But sure. yeah, I th- I do think they have a, a recipe. Uh, they have the type of. Uh, they have a recipe for the type of team that can compete with the Dallas Cowboys. And remember, the Cowboys are going on the road. Take on Arizona. They got they got some issues there in terms of can they play if you stop their running game. And for you know, all we've been thought of the Rams is if they could ever get an offense that could score some points. They have a really good front seven defensively. Now, they got a little bit exposed by Hoyer last night, but now you have a week and a half to prepare as opposed to the Cowboys have a normal amount of time to prepare. Yeah, I, I don't know if they'll whoop up on them, but I do think they have the type of offense points on the board and make Dak Prescott play catch-up, and we'll see. Uh, Bucky Brooks joined us, and he's like, look, Cowboys guys, kind of like the Giants guys, not winning at the line of scrimmage the way they should. One of the interesting things quickly about the Rams is because of the schedule issues that they have with the Coliseum, they only have five more games at the Coliseum this year because they had the first two weeks at home. They've got a London game. So really true home games for the Rams, only five of them the rest of the way. Yeah, that's that's such a crummy deal, the London thing. When you like you, Oh, you got season tickets? Oh, you paid the private seat license? Sure. Uh, hey, we're going to take one of your games away, and we're going we're gonna to give it to London, right? Like, sure. of, of all the things well, that, that, that they do to fans – that's a rough one. They did it in part because of the Rams and their stadium issue. The, right. the lesser games, it made it more uh, easier for them. Uh, how about this uh, final one, Doug? There's a big test for the Blue Crew this week, coming off of a 7-2 to loss last week. So psychic, despite being outscored 14-2 to so far this season, how will the Blue Crew fare at tomorrow's girls' soccer match coached by John Ramos? What will the, what will the score be? Yes. How will they fare? They've been They're outscored fourteen to two. Whoa! They, they get a win. I'm calling it right now. Yeah, get a win. Upset special. I've also been told they're playing the girls from Encino, and there's a stomach flu going through Encino. <laughs> That's game, huh? Game time. This is game time on the Doug Gottlieb I, I, show. Dan, I, I could be wrong. I could be mistaken. I believe they agreed to the London games before they moved because they played. One year they played the Patriots in London. I just remember that the Rams, at that time, the St. Louis Rams, were asking for money for a new stadium. Like, wait, 
now you're asking for money for a new stadium, but then your best home game this year against the champion New England Patriots is being played in London. Like, why would anybody sign up for season tickets for that? Um, that that maybe that could have been the case. Be. I, I thought it was with the the Coliseum because there's so many different times that they can and can't. I don't. Play. I think that was the Rose. That's why the Rose Bowl doesn't get a team. I don't know if there's limited. Uh, look, the turf is going to get torn up, but I, I don't know. Uh, I want to talk this success value in college football has nothing to do with success. I can prove it to you, and I'll do so next in the Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. What up? It's the Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Um, there's an issue with, there's something we, we have a tendency to do as fans and something that we have a tendency to do, uh, in, in sports that, uh, doesn't actually make sense. Right. And it's two kind of different, um, converging issues, if you will. So there's the, this just came out, a list of the most valuable college football teams. It's from the Wall Street Journal. Now, again, I'm going to state this. I know it's the Wall Street Journal, and I know that Ryan Brewer is an associate professor of finance at IUPUI uh, in Columbus. So remember, this is weird, IUP, Indiana University, Purdue University in Columbus, where Ohio State is located. Um, so he did a study at what college football programs would be worth on the open market if sold like a professional sports franchise. Right. Like, this is such bull. <laughs> I mean, again, I'm buying into it. I'm, I'm prefacing this segment of radio saying that the value that I'm going to state that a professor has studied and and assigned to, and we're all quoting, is complete bull, right? Because there is no, there is no value. Well, and and look, he's got a mathematical equation, but th- this is a lot like. Um, I remember when George Mason went to the Final Four. Remember when George Mason went to the Final Four? 2006, I'm going to say. 2006, Jim Laranega was the head coach. An incredible, incredible run. They took down UConn in the Elite Eight, went to the Final Four, lost to Florida, and truth be told, they were probably the second-best team at that Final Four. They just were. I think LSU and I'm going to say UCLA were the other two teams in the Final Four that year. And I, I, I called one of Jim Laranega's games next year, and he's like, he had this big scrapbook of all of the newspaper articles written about the run. And he's like, they say it's worth, the amount of free advertising we got is worth a billion dollars. And so immediately I'm sitting there going like, well, how do you calculate that? But like, yeah, but if you would have taken out an ad in every one of these papers, like, okay, but you didn't, it's an article at, it, you have to be reading a sports page. Like, there's there's no real money. There's no. It's not real money. So so the numbers when you see that uh, 
Ohio State is ranked number one and would be worth $1.5 billion. Like, okay. Why? Because the Dallas Cowboys are worth $4 billion? Well, the Dallas Cowboys also own their stadium and then own a practice facility that's the most incredible. It actually has a stadium inside the practice facility. And the Dallas Cowboys, an iconic brand, they play in the National Football League, which has only 32 franchises and only 16 games. So there's a uniqueness to it. As opposed to college football, which as much as Ohio State is a unique and successful brand and has the iconic scarlet and gray and plays in the horseshoe, are you factoring in ownership of that stadium? Are you factoring in who else they play? Because part of the value to the Cowboys is that they play the Redskins, the Eagles, the Giants at home every year on Sundays. They play on Thanksgiving, whatever, whereas Ohio State like part of their value or lack thereof it is they got to play Purdue and Indiana and a couple of rummies and Oklahoma is the big non-conference this year, right? Like the, the values are both. What's not bull or what maybe is super interesting is that um, they have Texas listed as the second most valuable uh, program. Just so you know, adjusted inflation institutional allocations for athletics cover any expenses that exceed the generated revenue by FBS schools decreased by 0.2%, et cetera, et cetera. The NCAA is like, hey, look, plenty of programs don't make any money. And programs that do make money put money back into uh, the general scholarship fund or into the university. Like One of the things that we make a lot of mistakes, uh, Ohio State backup quarterback tweeted that, you know, all of this money – and we can't even get a free hamburger, which people on Twitter are like, oh, yeah, NCA sucks. By the way, NCAA, there's no rule that you, you can get unlimited food. There's, there's no food rules anymore. You get cost of attendance. You get a scholarship. You get into a school. And by the way, the backup quarterback hasn't played. So he's getting benefits from, if it's his name and likeness, from what everybody else is doing. But this is an assumed value. And I'm not saying that Ohio State's not super valuable. Maybe the most valuable college football program in the country. What's interesting about it is it's really been five or six years since Texas was any good at all. Right? And yet they're the number two. So they're the number two most valuable based upon this uh, calculation, college football program. And to that, it, it proves my second point. First point is all of these supposed values the billion dollars worth of advertising for George Mason, like, stop it. It wasn't worth a billion dollars. No, there's no, you can make a calculation. You make things worth things. That's like when you say, uh, uh, you know, uh, let me explain real quick. I have a, I have a, a piano, grand piano at my house. And uh, I'll never forget, we were looking for a piano. My wife's, my daughters play. My son likes to tinker. My wife plays. And so, <laughs> Uh, I was I played basketball with a group when I was in uh, Connecticut, and one of the guys is like a, he sells art, and he's like a, he's like art buyer, and he's like, look, if you ever need a piano, like don't buy a brand new one. Pianos, it's really hard to get the value of them. Whatever, I can find you a Steinway. Well, listen, I don't need. So we started looking at Steinways. Like I don't need to spend twenty grand or fifteen grand or even ten grand on a piano. I just don't. Like I don't know if they'll like to play it. I don't know how much they'll play it. It's really it's something that looks nice in a house, especially if you're in New England, you have a colonial. It just kind of fits in the formal sitting room. And if my kids play great, 
And right then they were playing, but I don't like. It's not like they're going to sit down and, you know, I'm not going to parachute. I'm not going to uh, helicopter dad over them and make them play piano every day after school. I'm not, I'm not going to be that dad. So there was a store on, uh, is it Boylston Street? That's the big street in, in Boston. Uh, older couple, and they were selling their grand piano, and they were trying to sell it at an auction. And uh, I put in the I put in the the minimum bid at the auction, below the minimum bid at the auction, and they didn't accept my bid. And so they called me back, and they're like, uh, Mr. Gottlieb, we'd like to sell you this piano. It's worth $15,000. And I was like, well, what was the minimum bid for the piano during the auction? Like $3,500. It's like, and there was no minimum bid. They're like, correct. Well, we want to sell it to you for $15,000. Like, you're worth what somebody's willing to pay. So I had a back and forth with this older gentleman. I ended up buying the piano for like $2,000 or something. And I had to have it shipped and tuned and all that stuff. It's actually an incredible piano. And it's not a Steinway. Um, but the point was then, the point is, always, is like, don't tell me what it says it's worth in a book or even the Kelly Blue Book or whatever it is. You're, you're, you're worth, a car's worth, a football program's worth, what someone will legitimately pay for. These imagined values are just that. The other thing is you, the values of programs or the ability to, to generate financial uh, you know, money from these programs has nothing or very little to do with actual success. It's been since 2009, January 2010, so essentially seven years since Colt McCoy's arm went numb on the first drive against Alabama in the National Championship game. You guys remember that moment? Right? It was at the National Championship game. I believe that was at the Rose Bowl, wasn't it? At the Rose Bowl. Could be wrong. They were playing Alabama. They were 13-1 this season. They were actually better the year before when they went 12-1 and won the Fiesta Bowl. Colt McCoy hit something to his elbow where he couldn't pick up a football. Remember that? He had, like, dead arm. That was the last time that Texas was nationally a power. Five and seven, eight and five, nine and four, eight and five, six and seven, five and seven, five and seven. And this year already, they're one and two on the season. And yet, they're considered the second most valuable, based upon this calculation, program in the country. It's because it has very little to do with how actually successful you are. Oklahoma State's been a better program during the exact same amount of time. Over, since 2010, Oklahoma State has been a far superior program to Texas. But it, 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 it's not even a top 25 in terms of value. So the second lesson to be taken from this is your value doesn't necessarily have much to do with how successful you are. It has to do with the alums, the alums that will give money, how much they'll pay, how much with the type of drawing card. Like Notre Dame is an incredibly college, valuable, valuable college program. They haven't been good the last couple of years. They did go to the Fiesta Bowl three years ago, a couple of years before that. They went to the National Championship game. Also lost to Alabama, right? That's Lene Kakua, the imaginary girlfriend that never had cancer, that never actually died, that was dating Mantu Teo. Remember that? Point being very simply. I don't believe any of these values. I do know that some programs are more valuable than others because their ability to generate revenue. Revenue being generated doesn't actually have that much to do with how good you are. It helps. Like Alabama's worth a whole lot more now that they're dominant with Nick Saban. And if Texas ever gets rolling, they'll be the most financially successful program in the country. 
but it's more about the fact that University of Texas, they got 50,000 students, they got alums all over, they got tons of money, they got oil money, and they'll donate whatever to get whatever facilities they want. And then when they're on TV, there's actual value in having Texas's brand. That's because, and this is the third part, please don't tell me about any player's name and likeness being valuable. What's valuable is the brand on the side of the helmet. It just is. It just is. Because people watch college football games because they hear the name of the coach and they know the name of the school and they know the alumni and the alums watch their own program. And if you're an alum of a college football program, you're like sitting there going like, yeah, you're right. I watch, I will always watch my school play. And then I'll watch the big name schools play. Hall of Famer Andre Reid joins the show next. I'll ask uh, him about um, about his former team, the Bills. I also want to ask him about the Rams last night. Is that a breakthrough game for the Rams? But there's been a lack of a paucity. I love the word paucity. Paucity of offense in the National Football League. Why is that when all the rules are set up to help the offenses? We'll ask Andre Reid. He'll join us upcoming next. But first, football season has begun, begun, but it's not too late to get close to the game that you love, that I love, we all love. With DraftKings One Week Fantasy Football. This Sunday, DraftKings is hosting a $100,000 Pick'em contest that is totally free to enter. Pick'em is the newest way to play One Week Fantasy Football. Drafting your team is faster than ever. DraftKings has organized players into eight tiers, and all you have to do is select one player from each tier. The best part is you got no commitment. You know, you had Sam Bradford like this dummy did on your fantasy team. He gets hurt or you don't know if he's going to sit or play. Like that's not with one week fantasy football, eight tiers, all players that are playing don't even have to look because you know. So go to DraftKings.com now. Use the promo code Gottlieb to play in the DraftKings free contest with $100,000 in total prizes. Again, that's this Sunday. The promo code is Gottlieb, G-O-T-T-L-I-E-B, to compete for your share of $100,000 in total prizes. The contest is totally free to enter, but why wouldn't you try? DraftKings, the game inside the game. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. With True Car, you can find out what other people in your area pay for the same car you're looking for and on average save over $3,000 off MSRP. Whether you're looking for a new or used car, visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. And I get a cup. Amazing to watch Texas. I mean, Texas, they went um they went years without competing really for a national championship. I mean, they weren't a uh between eighty-three and when Mac Brown got there. I mean, eighty-three really in two thousand one, they hadn't finished in the top five nationally. Uh Mac Brown took them to basically a decade of ten plus win seasons, and then it just fell off a cliff after Colt McCoy got hurt in the national championship game, and uh, Garrett Gilbert was their quarterback, and it was a disaster. But uh, the value of a college football program is clearly not established based upon, or at least solely upon, or primarily upon, wins and losses. Did you guys see the, uh, we were watching... Yesterday, right? Indians and Angels. That game was that game finished while we were. Still yeah, it was like a one o'clock game here. So, yeah. day how, the fact that day baseball still exists is <laughs> amazing. <to laughs> Businessman special, Doug. But you know what? Honestly, like now it's kind of, I like the the things that I believe that um, that Major League Baseball can cater to. 
And what what will happen if you listen to the show, you're like, well, you never talk about baseball. Like, look, I, well, I, we try and talk about what most people are talking about, and they're just not talking about baseball. On the other hand, I do appreciate, like, I want to, I like going to baseball games. It is because you can have a conversation. You can teach your kid the game. Um, you know, there's time to, to, to eat and watch and talk and consume the game. Like, you can do everything, whereas others, other sports, it's, it's not as easy. It's not as easy. And it's also prohibitively more expensive. And I know that baseball games are getting more expensive to sit in the good seats. Um, so I don't want baseball to change primarily, but I do think there are ways in which they could, like a businessman special midday game, like you should have a spot where you can go and pop up in your laptop, take calls, have a beer, and watch a game. Because I, cause I, I, I took my kid to school today, and I saw all these, I'm like, what do all these dads do? Like, what do you guys do? It's like, 8.45 in the morning, and there's some there's a special, like, flag salute on Friday mornings that, like, I got talked into. I was like, I can't be the dad that walks away when they're doing the Pledge of Allegiance, right? That'd be bad. Can't be Kaepernicking during the flag. Anyway, I'm like, what do they all do? And then I realized, like, a lot of people, they do they work on their phones. They work on their laptops. They work from home, right? You go into a Starbucks, and they're in there working. Why not set up shop at, at an Angel game or at a Dodger game or at a Pirate game, Right. But do you have good enough Wi-Fi? Do you have a spot to which I can set up my laptop, open it up, have a beer, take calls, take calls during in between innings, or whatever, and still watch a game? Businessman special. Some major league baseball team is going to capitalize on this. I'm just giving away this free stuff I got. <laughs> free Doug Gottlieb the stuff. Free Doug Gottlieb stuff. Um, Andre Reed was a great player, and he's joined us uh, courtesy of my bookie online sportsbook. My bookie is one of the. Uh, biggest online sports books in the business. By the way, I don't know if I told you this, Andre. I got an idea for Major League Baseball, right? How cool would it be at Major League Baseball if, like, you could go to uh, my bookie online, you get an iPad, and then there's a section of a stadium to which you can bet on, like, every pitch. Like, why not? How much more interesting would that be? Like, I'd be totally in a, like, you, you know, you, you swipe your credit card, takes, like, 200 bucks out, right? That's your, that's your bank. And then you bet on everything, like what's the next pitch, what's the what's the next hit, who's going to hit the first home run, all that stuff going while you're at the game. You got you got it you got it down, man. No doubt about it. You got it down. Um, last night's game, just like we all thought it would be, right? Everybody thought Rams Niners would be so far the best played game in the National Football League season. I'm I'm being sarcastic. I loved it, uh, but I'm I'm wondering your takeaway. I, I loved it too, man. I mean. Both of those teams came to play, and and I think was it the color scheme? I mean, I don't know what it was, but uh, Jared Goff played tremendously. I mean, he played great, and they looked really good on offense. Uh, the Forty ers looked pretty good too, so that was uh, they were going at each other, and that was good for TV. So, uh, and, and are you surprised by what the Rams are doing right now? Yes or no? Uh, I'm. Uh, I can't think pleasant. Like, look, I was. I'm always more uh, optimist. I saw what yeah. McVay was able to do with Cousins, who I think, uh, in terms of overall talent, is at best middle of the road. And I'm like, I like the idea of a young guy who grew up Madden generation, you know, drawing up plays and, and throwing the football around. I think I thought that's just what Jared Goff needed. And I, I wasn't sure whether or not he could regain his self-confidence because they were so bad last year offensively, and yeah. he wasn't ready. I mean, there's I had a lot of questions. So I'm surprised pleasantly so, but I'm not going to say I'm not going to do I told you so, but I thought that it would be better. I didn't know it would be this much better. Well, I, I, I think this, man. You, you're only as good – I always said this. You're only as good as the people around you. 
And, and I think Jared Goff, just like Carson Wentz, you know, they did some studying in the offseason. They really got into what they were, you know, going to be doing this year. Um, they picked up Sammy. I mean, Sammy had a tremendous game last night. I mean, the Bills right now are going, really? We really did that? Um, they, they got Robert Woods. You know, that was with the Bills. Yep. Um, they got Nicole Roby Coleman on the other side. So they got three Bills, and that's what I said on, on, on social media, that they got three Bills that are playing well. And Todd Gurley seems like he is uh, back to the form he was uh, to a certain point from his rookie season. Now, last year was kind of a, a down year. So is he opening up the playbook, McVay? I don't know. I just think Jared Goff is a lot more confident, and you can see it in him uh, from just looking at his face. He's more confident in what he's doing. And, again, just like Carson Wentz, he's a more confident player this year than he was last year. So – the Rams, I don't know. They started off this way last year, and then uh, I remember going to L.A. to watch the Bills play them, and then after that game, they kind of just, you know, went down the roller coaster. So, um, plus they got Aaron Donald back. I mean, that guy's probably that's, he's the best defense player in the league right now. Yeah, it, it, he didn't. Even, it, yeah, he's a beast, and he didn't have a training camp. It, it's so, fa- it, it's fascinating. You bring up the Bills, obviously Andre Reid, former a Bill great, and it was yeah. And and I don't. It's it's got to be weird for you. It's like convincing a kid that like, hey, the Bills went to the Super Bowl four straight times. Like what? Mm-hmm. And like all of this, you know, four wide passing game. Like you guys did really before kind of anybody else, right? I mean, like uh, I, I can't imagine how success. I, it's it's one of those things where other teams. You don't know how their success would translate, right? The the right. eighty five Bears. I don't know if that thing would translate today because you couldn't run the four six defense against these against these offenses. I do think you could play exactly how you guys played and still been super successful today, just as successful as you were then, right? That's not a crazy statement to make, is it? Not at all. And you know, defenses are going to watch film and they're going to see what you're doing, but it's it's a cat and mouse game every week. And the coordinators go at each other, and that's. I think you're right. I think four wides. You got to have guys that can stretch the field. You got to have guys that know how to play the middle. Uh, can do the dirty. Can do the dirty work there in the middle, and you got to have a, a running back by committee. I mean, look at the Chiefs. I mean, Kareem Hunt, and they got a couple other guys there. They got guys there that just, they're just rolling them in and out, like the Broncos used to do back in the day with with uh, Anderson and Terrell Davis and all those guys. They you got to have guys that can run the football, and that again, that's always going to set up the run, set up the pass. Uh, but this game is more of a passing game now than anything. But you got to have guys that can tote the rock inside the, in between the tackles that can, you know, bring those safeties down there and, and, and expect, you know, the quarterback to beat them and the receivers, you know, because once you do that, it's one on one, and and you got to win those battles. Um, speaking of the Bills, which you brought up uh, a couple of times, uh, you're like, mm-hmm. what are they doing? Like McDermott, McDermott, McDermott comes in. He brings in his guy from Carolina, right? So he's McDermott's kind of running the show, and obviously he's got a defensive background. Didn't work as well in Philly as it did in Carolina, um, but but he comes in like, what are they doing? I I was very surprised. I'm going to tell you, Doug. I was very surprised when they traded Sammy, and and then they uh, traded away Ronald Darby to to Philadelphia. Uh, Philadelphia already had Cole in there. Um, Brab Ham had went to, to to Philadelphia, so you got the two cornerstones. And, and Stephon Gilmore goes goes to the Patriots. It was like, oh, there goes the season that didn't even start yet. I mean, 
I don't know. And I think, you know, Sean, I, I, I love him. I think he's a great football mind defensively. Um, right now they're a little bit behind the eight ball when it comes to offense. Their defense is playing pretty well. They had six sacks the other day against Carolina. But offensively they didn't score any points. And, and you know if they can't score any points, the defense is going to wear down and it, it's just going to happen. That's inevitable. But I'm actually going up to the game this weekend there against the Broncos, and we know what the Broncos did to, to the Cowboys. So that's going to be a tester. And I think if they come out of that not only with a win but unscathed, it just it's just a mental boost for them the rest of the season because it doesn't get any easier for them with Atlanta, New Orleans. They still they have to go to uh, – uh, they got Oakland coming up in a month or so. Um, oh, they got, hey, they got, hey, hey, look, they got yeah. they got Cincinnati and people. I know Cincinnati's been bad the first two weeks. Yeah, Cincinnati's got talent, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Tampa coming in their place before it gets cold, before it gets really cold in October. Tampa's a good team. Like they got a they got a beast of a schedule before they come out here they and do. play and play the Rams and they got the Chiefs on the road. Let me, let me ask you this: You mentioned the the Carolina Panthers. I know you watched that game intently. I'm somebody yeah. I I watch. I'm like, man, boy, Cam Newton is inaccurate. Now he struggled with that before, and he didn't have a full preseason because of the shoulder surgery. But are we okay saying, like, this is who Cam Newton is, right? He's going to run a little less than he used to. He's got a big old arm, but he's always yeah. going to he's always going to miss some throws we think he should make. That's just who Cam Newton is. Yeah, I, I think, you know, he got hit a lot. He's getting hit more times than any quarterback in the last two, three years. And, and maybe I don't think he's gun-shy or whatever, but let, let's face it, man. If you ain't you don't got anybody blocking, just look at Eli right now. Eli's just r- dropping back and falling down because there's nobody blocking. And I think Cam has maybe the same. I don't know if their offensive line is as bad as as the uh, Giants right now, but they're telling him. He even said to himself, "Well, you know, this is what I do. I'm just going to drop back, and if I see something, I'm going to take off." Has he done that in the first three games? No, not really. No. And I think, uh, you know, is that a mindset? I don't know. But they got to start throwing that ball downfield, and they got to use McCaffrey a little bit more if they're going to score some points. And I think they got to take the pressure off him. I think Cam can do everything, and he can, but, you know, he doesn't really have that S on his chest. He's got like a a, a P on his chest or a B. So, um well, it's yet to be known, to, you know, how Carolina is going to finish out this year. But, you know, they didn't look good either um, last week. No, it was bad, bad football. It was the polar opposite of what we saw last night. MyBookie.ag, that's where you need to check it out. Uh, spreads, predictions, college, NFL games, and more. Uh, and uh, thanks to them for bringing us Andre Reed, who's a friend of the program and love having him on. Andre, we'll talk real soon, man. Thanks for joining us. You got it, man, anytime. Just let me know. All right, that's Andre Reid joining us here on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Let's check in with Dan Byer. The Bills teams, it's so funny how, like, those of us who lived through it, like, dude, the Therminator, Jim Kelly, even Steve Tasker, of course, does TV over at at CBS. Like, they had some dudes on that team. Mm -hmm. Bruce Smith over on the defensive side of the ball. Like, they had Cornelius Bennett. Yeah, I mean... The list could go on and on. If you name your son Cornelius, he better be good. Cornelius Bennett, right? That's like, um, uh, what's or, that? or really smart. It's, you know, yeah, Whitney think... Merciless is a huh? great football name. Whitney Merciless. The only thing about Whitney Merciless is I think he should have been a, uh, a a fullback. I like fullback names. Sam Gash, one of my favorite. That's one of my favorite, right? 
Uh, one of my favorite fullback names. Anyway, uh, go ahead, Dan. I'm sorry I interrupted. Do you like the name Brad? Uh, yeah, I got some friends named Brad. It's very, uh, it's a very white guy name. Sure. Well, that's. I what... know there's other guys that are like there's other guys that are Brad. There's black Brads. Brad Smith played at, at Missouri. Remember Brad Smith, good athletic quarterback yeah. in Missouri. Yeah. There's other Brads. I do feel like Brad's a white guy name, but go ahead. Well, maybe that's what Brad Osmus has going for him because he's not going to have a job after the season ends. Tigers have just announced that their manager Brad Osmus will not return following the 2017 season. He's going to still manage the next week or so for the team, but after four years, he is done. What's the point of that? Like, what's the point of firing him with a week left to go? Well. I think it's if he's going to stay on like he and the staff will, I think it's them getting a start on the conversation for bringing in somebody new. I think that's why they want to Again, get ahead but, of the but game. Like, I, I, but but I, I don't really – like they're not going to hire a guy between now and then, right? No, but if you hear whispers of, hey, like throughout the week, if they're starting to contact people, that could get back to Brad Osmus and maybe it's just not, you know, right for the players or for the manager. I don't have – if – if Osmus is going to stick around for the next week, I mean, I would just be like, can I go now? Can I start my vacation now? But he's going to move on. Hey, maybe it allows him to start putting some feelers out for a new gig. It's possible. Possible. Uh, he was he was a really good catcher, super smart guy, and, you know, checked a lot of the boxes for a guy you think could do it. And I he hadn't, not only had not managed before, I think he was even coaching before, right? And he goes straight from playing to managing. It was kind of like the Robin Ventura thing. That, that, that didn't work. Whereas Matheny... Another catcher who had never managed before has been an outstanding uh, manager mm-hmm. with the St. Louis Cardinals. They won the AL Central in 2014 during his four years, though, had a below 500 mark. And this year, things have not been good for the Tigers at all. 62 and 91, and 34 games back of first place Cleveland in that Central Division. Moving on to the NFL, some injury news. Giants corner Janoris Jenkins questionable to play against Philadelphia because of an ankle injury. While Chargers running back Melvin Gordon was limited in practice today for the second straight day with a knee injury, he's questionable for their game against the Chiefs. L.A.'s already going to be without cornerback Jason Verrett for that game. He's going to miss the contest because of a knee injury. From cornerback to quarterback we go. Vikings QB Sam Bradford going to miss his second straight game because of a knee injury. So Case Keenum gets the start for Minnesota in Sunday's game against the Bucks. NFL spokesperson Joe Lockhart said on a conference call that the league will vigorously contest the claims made against them in a lawsuit by the fiancé of former Patriots tenant Aaron Hernandez. And finally, in college football, the hammer comes down on Rutgers. Placed on two years probation today for their football program for failure to monitor the program under former coach Kyle Flood, who was given a one-year show-cause penalty. Um, The CTE thing, people are – look – he had what was it the most severe case of CT that we'd ever seen, and what's gonna again? We talked about this a little yesterday. What's gonna what's gonna hurt is there's there's no we don't know how much to attribute football for it, how much he was in other fights, childhood fights, also uh, you know stuff while in prison. Um, in addition to which, there's lots of allegations of drug use. Does that does that make it worse? Right? Does that uh, what's it called? What would you? Well, how would how would you how would you term it when you say it makes something worse? It um, AIDS? No, um, not AIDS. It's uh, I, I want to say like supercharges it, but it may, I don't know. Makes it more pronounced, maybe. I don't, I'm not sure if I'm saying it right. I'm struggling a little bit. I need maybe another cup of coffee during the break. I'll I'll go get and I'll send. I'll I'll, I'll remember my vocabulary. I remember English and the right syllables. But uh, look, I, football's got problems. Like there's a lot of there's a lot of little problems, but this is a really really big problem. 
And my son has a flag football game here coming up at uh, 5 o'clock on the West Coast. And the dude loves it. Like, he's wearing, he wears his jersey to school, and he has the gloves. And the, um, the coach is a young guy, and he's like, hey, he should play tackle. And so my, my son's like, why don't I play tackle? That means eight years old. He said, when did you play tackle football? I said, I started playing when I was seven years old. I played till I was 14, got to high school, and then I only played basketball and baseball for a year and then basketball the rest of the way. Just had, didn't have time for anything else. And um, I, I rem- he was like, well, why, why can't I play? And like, <laughs> the question you always ask yourself is, not is my son going to get brain damage from playing youth football. It's whatever percentage... Everything is about ratios and percentage in life. That's this is a personal belief here. Okay? It's like I've tried to tell all my employers that. And my I had one agent for a long time in this business, and he would his whole thing was he would say, like, hey, look, occasionally Doug will pee on the rug, but look, everybody in the family loves Doug because he does he's different for different like I I'm very versatile in what I do at work. And his and he was his way of expressing what I'll express to you now, which is it's about ratios. How much in life is good? How much in life is not as good, right? Like, I don't want somebody who, it's the same in my relationships. I don't want somebody who's just plain Jane and doesn't take any chances. I I like personality. It's like food, right? Like, I don't want to, I like chicken, but I don't want to have chicken the exact same way every single day. It's like, eh, chicken breast. I could do it, and I would be in great shape, and I would be fine. It would be food for for sustenance, but I need a little spice. Anyway. Everything's about ratios. Percentage of time, which you're good, percentage of time, you're bad. But what is the percentage or ratio of or the possibility of him getting brain damage or hurting himself, maiming himself in any way? I'm, I'm raising that possibility by putting him in harm's way at eight years old. And is it really going to affect? It's not going to affect him. Like, my son's not going to be big. He's fast. He's got good hands. Like, he's going to play one of three positions. Quarterback. Running back, wide receiver, period. He's not going to be big enough to play tight end. He's definitely not going to play offensive line, right? Maybe he plays DB or something. Like He's not going to be a linebacker. He's just not. He's not built that way. So you can do all of those things in flag football. Why play tackle? Why raise the ratio, raise the percentage chance of him injuring himself? And while we don't have a problem now, 10 years from now, 15, 20 years from now, you're going to have a problem. Because even though players now are like, totally worth it to me, I made it, there's a lot of parents just sitting out there going like, don't see it. Not worth it. Ooh, Danny listening to the show says, it exacerbates it. Yes, could, I mean, the, the defense for the NFL or for football or for the Patriots would be, could um, Aaron Hernandez's drug use exacerbate CTE? S- Steven tweeted the same thing, exacerbates. Great. Exacerbate is a great word. Thank you so much for sharing. I appreciate you guys listening. Colin had something to say on Andrew Luck. I'll tell you if I agree or disagree upcoming. But first, football season's begun. It's not too late to get closer to the game that you love and do so with uh, one-week fantasy football from DraftKings. Matter of fact, this Sunday, they have a Pick'em contest. Now, Pick'em is the newest way to play one-week fantasy football. And instead of having to search through all the players, like, oh, scroll through all the players, it's really simple. They give you eight tiers, pick one guy from each tier, and boom, there's your team. It's it's so easy, it's a joke. Best part is you get to draft a new team each week without any commitment. Oh, yeah, and this doesn't cost you anything to enter. 
Nothing. Go to DraftKings.com. There's a free contest. If you use the promo code Gottlieb, you can enter to win $100,000 in total prizes this Sunday. Promo code is Gottlieb, spelled G-O-T-T-L-I-E-B, to compete for your share of $100,000 in total prizes. The contest is free to enter, so why wouldn't you try? Again, DraftKings.com, promo code Gottlieb. The game inside the game. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. With True Car, you can find out what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for. New or used, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. That's in never will. Song's called Beer. Pass out on the phone now, baby. Sorry, I, I'm a terrible singer. But it's never stopped me from singing. Doug Gottlieb show. Uh, what do they say? Uh, dance like there's nobody watching, right? Sing like there's nobody listening. That's a, that's, a, that's a good one. Or here's another one. Here's one for you. You ready? This is a Gottlieb 101. Uh, be the person your dog thinks you are. Oh, whoa. That's going to end up on Twitter tomorrow. I'll be like, oh, that's a good one. Be the person your dog thinks you are. I'm telling you, my dog, he gets up in the morning. He's like, hey, hey, greatest guy ever. Can we go for a run so we, you can be the greatest guy ever? Sure. Okay. But I assume my dog's voice is like, hey, okay. okay, No, can't go? Okay, that's okay. No problem. And now. <laughs> what does the fox say? Ah, what, uh, what does the fox say? Uh, well, we check in on one of the radio shows earlier on Fox Sports Radio. We have a litany of them. They're really good. You might have heard of Dan Patrick. You might have heard of Colin Cowherd. You might have heard of uh, Outkicked the Coverage with uh, Clay Travis, who talks about uh, Tennessee football altogether too much. Clay, nobody cares about Tennessee football nearly as much as you do. Anyway, uh, there's other shows. They're all good. The ones after us are probably better than ours. Uh, But we heard this from Colin Cowherd. I'm Chris Ballard. I call up Oliver Luck and Andrew Luck, and I say, Andrew, don't play this year. I'll tell nobody. You tell nobody. Dad, don't tell anybody. There's four reasons. A, this roster is garbage. Mm. I am not putting you in the crosshairs. Mm -hmm. B, B. we go 0-16 and 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 1-15. We'll get the first or second pick. Mm-hmm. We don't need Sam Darnold. We're the only team that could get that pick that doesn't need him. We can trade it for five picks. Mm-hmm. You think RG3 got a boatload of picks? This will get eight. C, it'll allow me to get rid of Pagano because mm-hmm. we'll be one in 15, and it will allow me to hire the right offensive coach. And D, Rivers, Big Ben, Brady, they're all retiring soon. You will have seven new players, an offensive-minded head coach, and your last 10 years in this league, you are built to win championships. That is a a great take. Really smart, right? A and B kind of go together, right? You don't have any personnel. You're going to trade the pick. Uh, I don't really think that D, the fact that there's older quarterbacks that are going to retire, has anything to do with whether or not he'd be happy to not play for a year. Like I think we're all kind of readily aware of it. Uh, but getting a new coach, we've talked about that. Matter of fact, it's a really good idea to sit out the year so that you can get a high draft pick. I think I heard it somewhere Wednesday. Andrew Luck's already been ruled out for the game against the Cleveland Browns this week. So here's the question. The next game for the Colts is in Seattle. Now, could you play Andrew Luck if he's healthy in Seattle? You could. And maybe that's what they'll do. But let's say he doesn't play because you're like, look, I'd like to play him, but against Seattle on the road... The chance he gets 
beaten up behind that offensive line and the fact that he won't have seen live bullets. Is that the first game you want to put Andrew Luck out there and play? If you're 0-4, you got to at least con- consider shutting him down. The, the, fascin- the reason the Colts are fascinating is they have an asset that everybody believes to be a prime asset. They are going nowhere. They are home dogs to a rookie quarterback-led Cleveland Browns team. And what's next is interesting. In order, do you play luck at all? And once you get, you're going to get a good pick. When you get the good pick, do you trade luck or do you trade the pick? Somebody was, I was talking about the exact same thing. That's okay. I don't think Colin was imitating. I honestly don't think Colin was listening to the show. I think it's more great minds think alike. And I've told you for weeks, they have terrible personnel in Indianapolis. They just have bad personnel. And you have a new GM, and he can put all the blame on the previous GM. And you can move on from there. What does the fox say? That's what the fox said. Um, I, I love this uh, Carmelo Anthony. You know, what's interesting about Carmelo Anthony, who's likely to start the NBA season on the New York Knicks. Knicks aren't going to run the... Um, aren't going to run the triangle. Their new general manager says he has an open mind. Uh, Scott Perry says he has an open mind to moving to moving him, but he's going to be back. He's a 10-time All-Star. He's back here with the New York Knicks. We expect him to be professional. He's always exemplified that throughout his career moving with him. What's, what's, what's fascinating about this is there, there is this belief that Phil Jackson killed Carmelo Anthony's trade value. No, he didn't. All Phil Jackson did was make it obvious he wanted to move Melo, and his trade value hasn't been good for a long time. He makes a ton of money. He plays a style of basketball, which teams aren't playing in order to win. And though he has superstar status in terms of the amount of money he makes and the amount of name recognition he has, um, his teams haven't played well, and he doesn't play a style that's going to help that winning teams are good. Not like they're going to move mountains to try and trade for Carmelo Anthony. So if, if the idea was Phil Jackson was killing Carmelo Anthony's trade value, you get rid of Phil Jackson and Carmelo Anthony doesn't have a ton of trade value, what does that tell you about Carmelo Anthony's trade value? And yeah, I'm not saying it wasn't the wrong move to get rid of Phil Jackson, but it wasn't as much of the right move as people think. What killed Carmelo Anthony was Carmelo Anthony. Always hurt, hard to coach, doesn't play defense, and plays a style that nobody else plays in the NBA anymore. Math doesn't always work in sports. I'll explain next in the Doug Gottlieb Show. What up, Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Boom track. Hope you're getting ready for a great weekend. Weird weekend in California. I'll tell you why. Ramos, how would you describe the weather outside in, uh, even in the, uh, are we in the San, San Fernando? San Fernando Valley. San yeah. Fernando Valley, yeah. Uh, Personally speaking, for me, I think it's wonderful. It's... Okay, but no, I, I, that wasn't. <laughs> I'm that's sorry. not describing the weather. That's uh, describing how you feel about the weather. Kind of a, a a fall, it crisp feels day. Like fall. Yeah. It woke up. It was like 60 degrees and brisk, and I was like, "Dude, am I in Connecticut or am I in California?" It was amazing. Crisp, clean air. I mean, L.A. clean air. Whatever, right? So, I mean, it felt like I needed a sweater. Right. I mean. And I'm a big hoodie guy, right? Yeah, you know, can't get. I got enough. I got so many hoodies, it's crazy. Like I, I, I threw on a hoodie, had a cup of warm coffee. It was amazing, amazing. Um, I love fall weather. I like I, I, October is my favorite month of the year. 
The weather is good just about everywhere in the United States. You get a little bit north, you get start the foliage will turn end of September right now into early October. The sports is we got playoff baseball, we got meaningful college football, NFL teams have evolved, basketball is getting underway, like just the best. Hockey for some reason, hockey guys like we played in China, don't care, but it is underway if you're into that sort of thing. There's even golf still being played. Why? No idea. Anyway. Um, I was thinking about this yesterday. What's your, my, I, I, I try, I might, I position Deadpool as Deadpool should have won best picture last year. And the reason is I had fun in a movie theater watching a movie. That's it. Like we go into like with the cinematography and the storyline and that like, was the storyline believable? Like, no, that's because superheroes don't actually exist, right? There's no such thing as X-Men. You just, I'm so, uh-oh. Uh-oh, did I, did I? Yes, M, uh, WWE is not real and neither are X-Men, okay? There we go. Sorry to be that guy. Anyway, Santa, very real. Easter Bunny, totally real. Jonah absolutely was in the mouth of the whale, okay? Those we've established. But one of the reasons I enjoyed X-Men, I, I enjoyed Deadpool so much, because uh, it's not like I I dig looking at Ryan Reynolds, although, look, I'm, 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 he's a good-looking man. Right? Like, I mean, I, not that I go that way, but I can understand why guys that go that way or women think he, oh, he's a good-looking man, right? It's like undeniable. Um. But my expectations when I walked into the movie were kind of, I had interviewed him beforehand. I, I didn't have like super high expectations. And I was in New York at the time. My family was on vacation. I was working. It was like rainy and cold night in New York. I like this. And I, I went in, I paid movie. I went and saw it in IMAX. And I was like, that was a hilarious movie. Hilarious is fun. Like I laughed. I, I LOL'd. Now, I, the juxtaposition of that, and I remember, you guys remember when um, Talladega Nights came out? What year do you think that was, music? Man, I'm going to say 2009. Um, I'm going to say it's before that. I'll say it's before that. Talladega Nights, uh, the story of Ricky Bobby, was 2006. Oh, wow. Yeah, oh, August 2006. Yeah, with nine upside down. <laughs> Thanks, sure. Sean. Sure. You're sure. welcome. That's, sure, that's what happened. So 2006, that's 11 years ago. You were 16 years old? That's correct. 16 years old. I'm the producer of the Doug Gottlieb Show. No, sorry. I'm 16 now, so I would have been, I, I I, been five. I, te- I tease you. You are you're just a child. Um, I remember getting super fired up to go see Talladega Nights. Like, oh, another Will Ferrell movie's coming out. And it was because Anchorman was so good. Or at least our we thought Anchorman. Yeah, Anchorman is that good. You're like, oh, this is this is the guys that made Anchor because you know that's how they do it. From the people that make Anchorman, they bring you, you know, right? And you, you, and Sasha Baron Cohen was in it. I mean, there's so many. You're like, man, I'm in. And I nearly walked out midway through it. And even when I was done at the end of the movie, I thought it was bad. Now, um, I've since gone back and seen Talladega Nights probably 15 times, and it's hilarious. Part of that is, I've actually asked Will Ferrell about this, like, why are your movies better the more times you see them? 
and it's something that they, him and his guys who write these movies and Adam McKay who directed it, they call it layering, where they just they have the script and then they just they just do whatever during every they just improvise during every scene. And the first time you watch a movie, you're watching the actual movie. The second time you pick up the lines, some of the other quirky lines that are thrown in there, you're not worried as much about the plot and what happens next. There's all these other jokes that occurred. There's hundreds and hundreds of jokes interwoven within the script that has the actual jokes. And you can't, the human brain doesn't work that way. Whereas, like, I like the movie The Sixth Sense, but once you've seen The Sixth Sense or any M. Night Shyamalan movie, you're like, okay, I know he's dead. Maybe the second time you go back and see it, or the usual suspect, the second time you go see it, but after that, there's no purpose in seeing the movie anymore. But the big reason that Talladega Nights let me down was because my expectations were, I expected to LOL. I expected to be like grabbing my junk, laughing hysterically, stop it, Will Ferrell, stop it. You're making me pee my pants. And I just, I couldn't get, I couldn't get there. Uh, last night was like, I don't know, Deadpool or if you've ever just, I just had no expectations. It was Thursday night football. I knew no one would be there at the start of the game. It's the Niners starting Brian freaking Hoyer, right? Um, and the Rams coming off a kind of disappointing showing against the Washington Redskins, having lost their second game on a short week. I'm like, like the big, the big sale of that game was Jared Goff comes home. Like, not really. It's like in, they're playing in Santa Clara. Like he played at Cal. Like it's not close to home. It's hour and a half drive between the two. Like that doesn't, I, I don't, it doesn't do anything for me. E- even the color rush uniforms. I like the Rams. I, I don't know what it is. May, I, maybe I'm this guy, I'm my, my, my age now. Like Niners should always wear Niners red when Niners are playing at home with the gold, with the gold bridges. They just should. They're the San Francisco 49ers. Can't don't screw that thing up. But I had such lowered expectations that when I see a 41-39 game, Jared Goff looks good, Hoyer looked good, both te- both teams letting it fly. I- I'm even going to dismiss the fact that Kyle Shanahan butchered his timeouts at the end of the game. All of those things, I just I sit there and go, maybe it's because my expectations were low, maybe it's because. Generally, my thoughts in the NFL this year have been it's been a hard watch. But whatever it is, I loved it. I walked out going, much like Deadpool, maybe because my my expectations were lower. I'm, I haven't watched. I watched the first X-Men movie. I haven't watched any of the other ones since. And then somebody told me, like, you know, it's kind of an X-Men movie. It's an X-Men thing. I was like, eh. Maybe it's because I had these lower expectations. I walked out and going, that's the best film. That's the best film of 2016. I can tell you that's the best game of 2017. And I don't know if it actually is the best game of 2017, but for the purposes of this segment and this radio show, what the hell, right? <laughs> Just like I don't know if Deadpool really was the best movie. I know it didn't wasn't even nominated for Academy Award. My my thought is like I want 2 hours when I'm not thinking about I'm not I'm not thinking about looking at my phone. Right? When I'm watching a movie. If a movie's so much fun or so good or so Gripping that I'm not thinking about looking at my phone. It's done its job. Deadpool did that for me. And that game last night made me think, hey, maybe Jared Goff's going to be pretty good. Boy, I like these two coaches. Young, and maybe it's young coaches that throw it around. I don't know what it is. And all that nonsense that DeBrian Hoyer threw that uh, pick six to start the game. 
right? You know, the people that go, they got rid of Kaepernick for Hoyer. And then you're like, oh, Hoyer's not bad. It's not terrible. Yes, John Rollins. And the NFL loves what you're saying, too, because the NFL knows that now you've bought into it. We've all bought into it now. It's like, hey, maybe the NFL isn't as bad as we thought. Yeah. Maybe there are some good games out there. And then it was like, yep. You're right. There are some good games out there. Come on. Join us back in. we have a good time. Robert Smith joins the show. I'm coming next. He's a two-time Pro Bowler. Retired early from the NFL. I'll get his thoughts on this Aaron Hernandez deal. Worst case CTE they'd ever discovered. Um, but, yeah, I agree with you, Ramos. We're in. I'm in. It's like the mafia. Just when I think I'm out, they keep pulling me back. If you ain't first, you're last. There you go. Ricky Bobby Inc. The dad has so many good lines in that, in the, in that movie. Uh, no, the dad wasn't Billy Bob Thornton. <laughs> no, the dad was not Billy Bob uh... Thornton. No. Come on, man. Dad was not Billy Bob Thornton. Uh, the dad, uh, the dad was, uh, what was his dad's name? Shoot. It's not, it's, it's, it definitely was not, it's, uh, Gary Cole was the dad. Gary uh, Cole. Yeah. yeah, I missed it by that much. <laughs> Cut his mic. That's all right. You, you, were a fe- you were a fetus at the time, so we'll, we'll give you that time. <laughs> now, maybe you need to go back and watch watch uh, Ricky, Ricky, right? Ricky Bobby, Tal- Talladega Nights. Dear Lord, dear dear eight pounds, six ounce baby Jesus, right? Like, that's a great, it was. Oh, John C. Riley is so good. If you smell a delicious, crispy smell after the race, it's not your tailpipe. It's a little bit of. I don't know what to do with my hands. What do I do with my hands? All right. Robert Smith joins us upcoming next. But first, you already know how much I love Dollar Shave Club's razors, although I need to use one. I'm a little scruffy today. But did you know they have other stuff for your hair? I use it. They got I use the the molding clay for your face, face wash. I was always bad about face wash, so I use their products. Skin, shower, uh, hair, everything. Dollar Shave Club has all your bathroom needs covered. I use their razors. I use their body cleanser. I use their uh, hair clay. I even use the butt wipes. I mean it, butt wipes. And trust me, you use these one-wipe Charlies, and you'll be like, whew, I'll never use anything else. It's incredible. Everything is super high quality. It leaves me looking and feeling amazing. From premium ingredients, sophisticated scents, Dollar Shave Club is changing the game. Right now, you get their first starter set for just $5. It gets, a, gets you a travel size shave butter body cleanser, butt wipes, and a month of their best razor. After that, replacement cartridges come to your house for a few bucks a month. Don't miss out. Starter set for $5 today exclusively at dollarshaveclub.com slash Gottlieb. Again, dollarshaveclub.com slash Gottlieb. With True Car, you can find out what other people in your area pay for the same car you're looking for and on average save over 3000 off MSRP. Whether you're looking for a new or used car, visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Um, kind of interesting weekend in college football, right? Like you have, uh, look, when you have these big road favorites, you we I think I'll make the assumption that uh, well, you know, they're just going to dust them off, right? And I was asked earlier, I believe, by Dan Byer, like, who do I think is the most in danger? What's going to be the closest game? Uh, I don't think Purdue, I think Purdue, Michigan could be close, but I just, I don't know. It's hard. Part of it is Michigan's offense. 
Uh, when we've seen him even against Florida, like that's hard to kind of buy him, but their defense is so good. Defense will travel. Uh, but I look at that Penn State-Iowa game, and maybe I'm overvaluing Iowa and the home field advantage of playing at home, um, and I'm not undervaluing Saquon Barkley, and that offense is incredible, but how they play on the road in a Big Ten environment, I'm intrigued by. Robert Smith joins the show. Of course, he covers college football for Fox Sports. Um, is it crazy to think Iowa can give Penn State a game? <laughs> not at all. You know, I, I really like this Nathan Stanley kid. You know, I've noticed him, you know, from the beginning of the season. He's, you know, he's got really great delivery and, you know, been accurate, you know, nothing otherworldly, but he's looked pretty good back there for a guy that hasn't uh, taken a lot of snaps. And, you know, when when you talk about Iowa over the last couple of years, you know, people have kind of considered them to be a little bit boring. And, uh, you know, we've when we've seen them at their best, a lot of times they've been, you know, just your stereotypical Big Ten team, you know, great offensive line, solid defense, and they, they've kind of fallen off defensively last couple of years. So looking a little bit better on that side of the road, home environment, uh, you just never know. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that's a, that's, that's, a, that's a real dangerous spot, I think, for Penn State. It's not, it's not the same as beating Akron, like, like what James Franklin said after they beat Pitt. Yeah, look, Pitt is not very good. I, so I saw him against my alma mater last week. They just, yeah. that, looked like, that looked like varsity versus yeah, the JV, Oklahoma State versus Pitt. Yeah, so they've got some issues. Uh, okay, let's let's. But tell me about Saquon Barkley. Like, look, you were a great running back in college, great running back in the pros, and there are some out there that think he's the best pro prospect of any of them, even counting the quarterbacks. Uh, what what from a from a running back's perspective, how do you view him? Yeah, I think I think he's a great back, and you know it all it all starts with vision, um, and 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 vision becomes even more useful when you when you know the schemes extremely well so he follows his blockers extremely well i think it's a good system for him uh it, and the way that he's built he's lower to the ground so it's easier uh for him to stay low and behind his pads when he runs he's got great lateral movement uh and he's got a lot of spring in his step and i don't mean that just because he just because he uh, tends to jump here and there uh but when he does his jump cuts and he, when, when he makes lateral moves, he can cover a lot of ground, and he's pretty good with his acceleration after the cuts. And that's so important. I mean, especially when you, when you talk about transitioning to the next level, it's uh, you know, trying to get away from guys and would-be tacklers when everybody is so much faster. Uh, and so he's got pretty good top-end speed, too. So he, he's, got, uh, he's got it all. There's no question about it. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. That's the voice of uh, former All-American, of course, the former Pro Bowler, Robert Smith who you can see on Fox Sports covering college football. Michigan State taking on Notre Dame. That's, a, that's an FS1 game. And I, I'm fascinated by this. Like Mark D'Antonio had, I mean, you just go back two years ago, they had this thing rolling, right? They beat Iowa in the Big Ten Championship game, and then they, they got exposed uh, in the college football playoff. But, you know, when Michigan was down, they were up. When Ohio State went through a coaching change, like, they were up. Is it just, and when Penn State was down because of probation, they were up. Is it just a case of, those other three schools are always, you know, when they get it, when Michigan gets it rolling, Michigan State can't compete. Same thing, Penn State. But is is that just what this is, or or some, did something else happen to this program? To which, look, they're two and zero, oh, and and I think they might beat Notre Dame. I think Notre Dame's still kind of a mess, but yeah. um, mm-hmm. but it, it, like, how did they go from a top ten program, one of the most respected coach in the country, to now they're a home dog to a just an okay Notre Dame team? Yeah, I think you know when you when you look at last year's team, it it really just kind of all seemed to fall apart, uh, you know, all at once. And I think what happened was it 
you know, because because you can't afford to miss on guys at Michigan State, you're just not you're not going to have the depth, and you know, you're not going to have the reserve uh, talent uh, if you have the kind of guys that you know, to give it their all and aren't always uh, going to be the best at, at at knowing and implementing the scheme. Uh, then you can have some problems. Uh, you combine that with, you know, it, it being the, the second year that Pat Narduzzi was gone on the defensive side, and you saw some problems there. Uh, and I think, you know, th- this this team is a lot younger, and it's going to be interesting to see. I, I think this this weekend's game could be really really interesting. I think they could win this game. Um, but this year's team's really inexperienced, a lot of new faces, but I think that they wanted to get rid of a lot of guys uh, that weren't kind of what they thought that what they thought they were, and they just didn't have the they didn't have the bodies, they didn't have the you know the recruiting depth really to kind of fill in those holes and make those changes immediately. But this could be a really interesting team this year because, as you said, you know you, you look around the um, the Big Ten East, and you know traditionally uh, Michigan State, you know going back years maybe didn't have uh, the weight to to hang with the Ohio States and the Michigans. Uh, in the Penn States, but I, I really think that, you know, this, this year could be different, you know, and be more like what it was three or four years ago, because I don't think it was just because some of those programs were down. I think that they hit on all of those guys. Uh, and that uh, even though they didn't have the depth that they still had the talent and they had the guys that just always played their tails off. Robert Smith joining us in the Doug Gottlieb show. TCU takes on Oklahoma state. Um, Look, last year TCU struggled. Their quarterback turned the ball over way, way too much. They weren't as good <laughs> defensively. They weren't as good at wide receivers they need to be. And all of those seem to be better this year, right? Yeah. Uh, they they, they mm-hmm. just do. Um, they beat Arkansas on the road. It wasn't it wasn't really twenty eight to seven. It was really fourteen to seven. They scored two touchdowns late, but still winning on the road in Fayetteville, huge win for this program. Then they beat SMU going back to last week. Uh, what's the likelihood that we have a shootout in Stillwater? Uh, I think it. I think it could be really good. Um, uh, the chances that we're going to have that. I think SMU, you know, and, and that you know Chad Morris, who was the offensive coordinator at Clemson, as they coach there at SMU, so they really like to they really like to sling it and spread it around and do some creative things. But I think they threw for 350 yards um, on TCU a week ago, and you know Kenny Hill and. Uh, they got a they got a new running back that uh, you know is you know he's he's a very very talented guy. They've got some speed at the wide receiver position, and they're playing fairly well defensively. But I don't know that they can really they or really any any other team in the country really can slow down Oklahoma State. Now you know uh, you have Aitman back in the mix, and of course Washington already there. McCleskey in the in the slot, and then this Stoner kid as well. He had like four 100 yard receivers a few weeks ago. And Justice Hill really didn't need to do anything against Pitt, as you said. You know, I think in the first, in the first uh, two drives, he had like 60 yards, and then you know they kind of shut him down. He only had 11 carries uh, total on the day. So, um, you know, two powerhouse offenses. This is going to be a really interesting game, though. Um, you know, I don't know that Oklahoma State has the horses defensively uh, to to slow TCU down. So it could very well be a shootout, and you know. What what defense can rise up and force a turnover, which we know Glenn Spencer is defensive coordinator there at Oklahoma State, has done such a great job of really cr- uh, creating turnovers uh, and having guys that understood or understand, you know, how to do that. You know, which one of these defenses can, can force a turnover or make some kind of big play in special teams could be the difference in this one. How good is Mason Rudolph? You know, that's a good question. You know, I haven't heard – I haven't heard much from the pro level, 
you know, we see so many of the quarterbacks, as you know, inside of inside of college football. Um, you know, people say, talk about scheme guys and, uh, you know, the scheme type schools would be in Oklahoma State, would be a Texas Tech, uh, similar schools like that. I haven't really heard, you know, how good he's supposed to be. Um, you know, he's had some great talent. But as far as evaluating him on, okay, well, this guy is wide open, but he actually hit the guy in stride or he needed to use the touch here. Um, I haven't seen or evaluated him closely enough at that kind of level to know how good he is. I know he, he's, he's pretty damn good for a college quarterback uh, and he can use his legs too. So, I mean, that's a, that combination is pretty dangerous. And from what Gundy has been saying about him, I think the most impressive thing is that he says the guy's like, he's like having another coach uh, in the locker room too. You know, he just, he, he knows the, the playbook inside and out, knows the game plan inside and out. Uh, and and really is dedicated in that part of it. So as as far as you know where he is in the draft, I don't know, uh, but he's I, I know he's a he's a Heisman type quarterback in college, but I don't know about the next level. Yeah, and it's gonna be fascinating. Six five two thirty, uh, fourth year senior, and I mean the numbers last year twenty eight and four, this year eleven and one, uh, threw for four thousand yards, and we'll see. You'll obviously get a chance to see him on all these these big games. Robert Smith joining us. Um, there's this story out where um, Aaron Hernandez is. Uh, family wants to sue or is going to sue because uh, they found CT, the, the worst case of CT that this one researcher had ever found in a deceased former player's brain. Um, hearing that, knowing about your own kind of past as a great player, what goes through your mind when you, when you hear that? Um, well, you know, there's a, there's a lot of, uh, I mean, there's a lot of false information out there about what CTE is, I believe, and what the science community has confirmed it or believes it to be. Um, first of all, we don't know what kind of cases this lady has seen. We don't know how many, uh, how many former players she's seen, if they had symptoms while they were alive. I think that's a really important part that people are missing here that, the diagnosis of CTE up to this point has been postmortem. So you're only looking at players that are deceased, and a lot of the brains that have been evaluated have been donated by families that notice symptoms in these individuals. And so uh, you're, you've got this selection bias going on that you're only looking at people that have symptoms. But much like Alzheimer's, and I don't want to get too far off into the weeds here, uh, but all Alzheimer's uh, patients have these the similar type of uh, plaques that can develop in the brain, uh, and and basically uh, what can happen is that can interfere with uh, the functioning of of the neurons in the brain. Uh, but there are people that, on postmortem analysis, have had these kind of tangles, and they've been completely normal during their lives. Now nobody would look at Aaron Hernandez and say he was completely normal. Yeah. But what 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 role did CTE or these, these tangles play in his brain? We don't know. We, we simply just don't know. And the literature and the research isn't as, it, it, it's, it's not as, as simple as people think. And this is certainly nowhere near settled science because we don't know automatic, or we don't know necessarily the correlation between what a brain may look like and how it functions with what appears to be these CTE type tangles, uh, and uh, and and how that person was actually while while they were how they were actually uh, functioning as they were alive, because we know that his 
his gang history goes back. You know, there's 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 drug abuse. Drug, I mean, yeah. there are a lot of things there that could be contributing factors. Okay, so maybe here's the here's the better question. All right, you got a young family. I have a I have a, my son's eight. Plays flag, wants to play tackle. Do I let him? Um, I say yes at the right age. And it's interesting. I just saw uh, an article and a post made by a neuropathologist, you know, a guy that actually studies brain injury, and he lets his 11-year-old son play tackle football. Um, So I would think in the 12 to 13-year-old range uh, that it's as safe as it can be, um, you know, (laughs) playing the game of football, because it's never going to be 100% safe, and letting your kid ride a bike isn't 100% safe. There are a lot of things that are dangerous that we let our kids do. It's a question of how dangerous there are how dangerous they are. And I think the, the, the worst part about what's happened in this conversation over CTE is that I think a great deal has been exaggerated because people think that the scientific community has a consensus that just hasn't been developed yet over what, what it actually is and what it actually means for individuals as they live. So, I mean, that's a, that's, you know, it's something we're going to have to find a lot more uh, or find out a lot more as the years go on. That's uh, Robert Smith. uh, Always, always thoughtful, always interesting. Of course, uh, I've, I've texted others and I think I texted you and your guys show on Saturdays covering college football is really, really good. You guys seem to get along, you know, your roles and it's always interesting stuff. So keep it up. You, Matt Liner, coach Wanstead, uh, and the crew, uh, you guys do a, a really good, and of course, Rob Stone is the host, do a really good job. Robert, thanks for catching up. Oh, with us, thanks, man. man. We're having a lot of fun. No question. Robert Smith, uh, who, of course, you can see on Fox Sports 1, a couple big games upcoming, Notre Dame, Michigan State. Uh, this is a big year for M- Michigan State. Big, like you can't get buried at the bottom of that league two years in a row when you have Penn State rolling, Michigan rolling, Ohio State rolling. My picks are upcoming next. Let's bring in Dan Beyer. The Dallas Cowboys are going to be rolling into Glendale, Arizona for a Monday night showdown against the Arizona Cardinals. They will have Ezekiel Elliott for that game and likely for week four, barring injury. That's because, Doug, the NFL Network reports the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals will hear the NFL's motion, which contests the stay on Ezekiel's six-game suspension on October 2nd. That's a Monday. That's right after week four. So there will be no change in the hold on Ezekiel Elliott's six-game suspension wait, for the next two weeks. Wait. I, wait. I, 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 okay, so he's going to play for t- yes. at least two more weeks. Yes. Because there's a bunch of stuff before that that sounded like the NFL will get their day in court. And this is going to be their day. It's just scheduled for October 2nd. Okay. That's what's that's what's just gone down. Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network reporting that within the last hour or going so. Going down for real. It's going down for real. Uh, Sam Bradford won't be going down on Sunday because he's not going to play for the Vikings. Out because of a knee injury. Going to miss his second straight game, so Case Keenum gets the start. Chargers tailback Melvin Gordon limited in practice today with a knee injury. He's considered questionable, but head coach Anthony Lynn believes that Gordon will be able to go against the Chiefs on Sunday, but cornerback Jason Verrett not going for L.A. He's been ruled out for the second straight week with a knee injury. Janoris Jenkins of the Giants, they have a big showdown with the Eagles on Sunday. He's questionable to play in that game because of an ankle injury. In baseball, the Tigers announced that skipper Brad Osmus won't return next season. He's going to manage the rest of the games for the team, but the successor for Brad Osmus, or at least the search, Doug, is already underway as the Tigers are, Tigers are looking for new leadership in 2018. Mm, 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 mm. All right, uh, let's, uh, let's make some picks, shall we? 
I want winners. Well, we got them. Five NFL, five college. Five on three. One, two, three. Five. It's five for five with Doug Gottlieb. Let's go, five. I can ask about NFL. A nine and two in college picks. What are my NFL picks so far this year? We'll turn around. I feel better about my NFL picks this week than I did my college picks. But go ahead. What? 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 Um, what what's three the six picks? and one. <laughs> Not as better than that. Really, three six and one. All right. So nine and two versus and three six and one. What is that all told? Eleven, eight and one. About five hundred. You're making money. You're listening to me. That's it. Making money. I mean, you got to play the vig, but you're making money. Uh, not that I'm into that sort of thing. No, 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 no. All right, let's uh, let's get after it, shall we? I need uh, five college picks. Uh, what I usually do is I pick Oklahoma State to win in cover, and then I pick my other college picks. <laughs> that, that's what I that's what I tend to do. Uh, Oklahoma State is only uh, we're now a twelve and a half point. They were a thirteen point thirteen and a half point favorite. It's moved down to twelve and a half points. Kenny, Kenny, we gave him the Heisman when he was at Texas A and M after one start against South Carolina. Do you remember that? Kenny Hill's the starting quarterback at TCU. He was the first starting quarterback after Johnny Manziel. They played the opening night on like a Thursday night against South Carolina. He lit it up, and his parents actually got the the name Kenny uh, Trill Hill trademarked. And he didn't even make it through the season as the starting quarterback. Lost his job. Then last year at, at TCU was their starter. I think had a league-high 13 interceptions last year. So far this year, he's been very good. Um, Oklahoma State's going to win this game. I'm, I'm not concerned about winning. It's more about the line. There's the sense that, well, look, TCU can put up. TCU is better than last year, but so too is Oklahoma State. And I continue to believe that the team that beats Oklahoma State is not going to be the one that spreads them out, runs spread. Like that. That's how their offense is designed. Um, I'm taking Oklahoma State to win and to cover. I'm going to take Cal to cover the 17-point line against USC, playing at home against USC. So Cal is a home dog, 17-point dog at home. I'm taking Cal. Nebraska, I'm going back to the well with Nebraska. Embarrassed by Northern Illinois last week. Fired their athletic director. Nebraska plays Rutgers. I actually think Rutgers is better than people have given them credit, but they're still Rutgers, lost at home to Eastern Michigan. I'm going to take Nebraska and the 12.5 points. So home favorite in Nebraska, home dog in Cal. Clemson has BC coming in, and Clemson dusted off Louisville. People think Clemson let down game, but the same is true for Boston College. Boston College thinks tanks Clemson and the points. Um, I'll take Duke on the road as a favorite against North Carolina, and uh, I will take Oklahoma as a 27.5-point favorite at Baylor. Bonus pick is taking, Penn and Penn, taking Iowa to uh, cover against Penn State at home. Got those picks? Good. All right, we'll put them out online. Don't worry about it. Let's go to the NFL, shall we? NFL picks I'm feeling more confident about, which means they probably all won't come through. Right? That's the, that's the embarrassing part about it. I think I have a good sense of league. Baltimore's a three-and-a-half-point favorite playing in London, only available online, which is good because that's the only way you should watch Blake Bortles. Blake Bortles against the Baltimore defense. <laughs> Blake Bortles against I – know, I know they lost Yandy uh, for the season. I'm still taking Baltimore and the three-and-a-half points. I just – that quarterback versus the Baltimore Ravens, I'm taking the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, the Jets are playing the Dolphins at home. Dolphins weren't great last week, probably should have been beaten, but the Jets stink. Taking the Jets, road favorites in in the Meadowlands, taking them. 
Uh, Detroit is a home dog to Atlanta Falcons. I'm going to take Detroit to win and cover. Give me them straight up. That's right, straight up. I don't think the Minnesota line is still two points with Case Keenum because I was going to take them. Uh, Indy is a point and a half, a point and a half dog at home. Guess what? I'm taking the Cleveland Browns as a road favorite to win and beat Indy. I've told you before, the Brown, the Colts have terrible personnel. This isn't, this is not an X and O's. This is a Jimmy's and Joe's, and I'm taking the Browns to win on the road. Uh, I'm going to take my Chargers to actually win a game. Can't go to zero and three. We're the better team against the Dolphins. Didn't get it done. If the line moves to three and a half, you should get all over it. Three points, still going to take the Chargers. And um, how many picks is that? That's five, right? All right, so to review the pro picks, all right, I got the Chargers. I got the Browns. I have the Lions. I have the Dolphins. I have the Ravens. Five on three. One, two, three. There it is. Five NFL. Let's go, five. Five college. Five for five with Doug Gottlieb. He's back. The greatest of all time is back. Sort of. I'll explain next. Yeah, I picked the Lions. I'm in on the Lions. I don't think they're great. But we have a tendency to, we see the Falcons win late, you know, against the Green Bay Packers. Packers are all depleted. And we just assume, oh, Falcons are awesome. Falcons look just okay against the Bears. How about the Falcons starting out first three games against the uh, NFC North? Crazy, right? All right, we'll review why the transitive property doesn't work in sports uh, upcoming. With True Car, you can find out what other people in your area pay for the same car you're looking for. New or used, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. What I was discussing with the transitive property is this. I've heard and I read, on, uh, and this is a Niners defense that the Seahawks could only score 12 points against. So the Rams obviously have an explosive offense, but against a defense that's pretty good. Like A equals B, B equals C, A equals C, that's the transitive property. It doesn't work in sports that way. Just because Maryland beat Texas by more than USC beat Texas doesn't mean that Maryland can beat USC on the road. <laughs> There's no, no correlation there. Doesn't mean that Seattle doesn't have issues on offense. But uh, it, the game was played a completely different style, completely different pace. And by the way, the Niners could have won that game. Could have won that game. Big drop on second down on their last scoring drive. Otherwise, they probably score a touchdown. And it's a, you know, so Seattle does have issues, but I don't think the Rams lighting up the same team, the Niners, four days later has anything to do with it. The press. Dan Byer, what do you got, my friend? We've got a bunch of NFL news, obviously, leading into week three this weekend. And it starts with the news that just came down about an hour ago. The NFL Network, the first to report it, that Ezekiel Elliott is going to be able to play at least the next two weeks because the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals won't hear the NFL's motion on a six-game ban until Monday, October 2nd. Hmm. All right, so Ezekiel Elliott's still going to play. Can the Cowboys find a way to get him the football where he can be effective? Uh, he at least owned the fact that he didn't. Uh, he was frustrated. He didn't do anything after those interceptions, and we'll see if they grow mature from it. Vikings have the Buccaneers coming up on Sunday. Right. That was the big news to start the day. Sam Bradford's going to miss his second straight game because of a knee injury. Mm-hmm. Case Keenum gets the start for Minnesota. 
Keenum reportedly 2-0, or at least uh, saw a tweet that he's 2-0 right now against the Buccaneers and Jameis Winston in his career. Um, Look, the big thing for me is I'm a Sam – I've been like the the head of the Sam Bradford fan club for a couple years now. But but this is the type of news to which you start to worry about – if he can be a starting quarterback for a long period of time, because you can't, you can only be healthy one week. You play great one week, like dude. Being a being a starting quarterback is about being healthy sixteen weeks, and the knee's obviously giving him trouble. If you know for two weeks now he's not able to play, and it was a non-contact injury, and we know he's had two ACLs. AFC West showdown coming up on Sunday. Chargers running back Melvin Gordon questionable for their game against the Kansas City Chiefs. But head coach Anthony Lynn says that he expects Gordon to play in the game on Sunday despite that knee injury that has limited in practice the last two days. Mm. Love um, this game. Okay. I, I think this okay. is one of the, the top games we're going to see on Sunday. Who do you think wins? I think the Chargers have a really good shot. A couple of close games. You know, the Chiefs coming off of that 2-0 and start and two wins over really quality opponents. To go 3-0 and during that stretch I think is asking a lot. Right. Yeah, look, it would make total sense uh, for the NFL to where we where we overvalue two great wins. Yeah, and you, you know, like and you're like, well, the Chargers lost two games, but look, they should have. They were outplayed by Denver, but they had a chance to tie late and had a field goal blocked. Um, and they they were the better team against the Dolphins. Gave up a touchdown late, marched right back down, put themselves in prime field goal position at home, and the rookie kicker uh, pushed it to the right. Otherwise, they're at least one and one. Could be two and zero oh on this season. Chargers need a win. They're relatively healthy. The The one big issue is Denzel Perryman's uh, uh, injury that's going to keep him out for at least eight weeks is devastating. He's their middle linebacker and going against Kareem Hunt mm-hmm. and a really good offensive line that's opening some holes. That's problematic going against the Chiefs. I do like how when we say in week two, like, don't overreact from week one. Yet week three, we're fine overreacting because yep. we know everything about the NFL now. Two weeks okay. in, everything okay. is clear Great, after thanks. week three. Uh, people in the NFL say you don't know till October 1st. So October 1st, that's, you can freak out. That's probably fair. Um, the NFL fined Giants rookie tenant Evan Ingram just over $12,000 for unsportsmanlike conduct after he, you know, did his Michael Jackson crotch-grabbing dance during his touchdown celebration of Monday's loss to it was the, the Marshawn, Lions. It was the Marshawn Lynch, right? I thought he kind of did the Michael Jackson, yeah. you know, flash out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, grabbed his junk. Yeah, excuse happens. me. Uh, Tigers have uh, been junk this year. They announced <laughs> that skipper manager Brad Ausmus not going to return next year. Damn Done after damn. four seasons, just one division title. It doesn't seem that long ago that the Tigers were on top of baseball, but now near the bottom of the AL Central, and the Tigers are looking for a new skipper. Uh, you know, super smart guy, Ivy League guy, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I. Didn't he? I thought he stepped almost like straight off the field into managing. Yeah, yeah it was it was close. If yeah, he he re, he retired. It wasn't like he was a bench coach for anywhere for like four years. That wasn't the case. No, I don't think so at all. Um, he and he succeeded Jim Leland, right? right? Who's like still smoking cigarettes somewhere? Yeah. Where is? <laughs> no, he is. Remember Jim Leland? He's smoking, right. smoke a you know, smoke a butt on you know in the in the corner yeah. of the bench. Right. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Finally, Tiger Woods said in his blog that he's able to hit 60-yard shots but not able to take a full swing yet since having fusion surgery on his back in April. Don't expect Tiger back anytime soon. Can't take full swings? I know. That seems to be a problem if you're a golfer. Yeah, that'd be an issue. Hey, get out there and press. That was the press.
Did uh, South Florida win that game last night? I, I honestly don't know. I'm asking because I, I yes they did know. they did yes okay so weird like forty three to seven um, okay and they won they covered uh, that's right they're four four and zero in the season you want to talk about a team that's like I mean Charlie Strong inherited a team that's just kind of loaded I don't know how you rank them or how you evaluate them uh, like their toughest game of the year is like their next to la- their last game of the year at Central Florida but who knows I mean you got Houston at home coming up so weird. All right, big weekend of college football. If you missed any of our interviews, download the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. You can do so on iTunes or at FoxSportsRadio.com. D'Angelo Williams' interview apparently went so well that uh, it's been run on all the TV stations. What, what was the – we've had some We had some really good – who was the quarterback? Oh, we had – Cooper Cup was this week, wasn't he? He was great. Apparently his wife's cauliflower tacos are even better. And that wasn't a sexual term. It was actual cauliflower tacos. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 